listen, it's great that you're flossing. I love the dental care, all right? But you, you can't do it, like, right at the register. I eat a lot of beef jerky. Or, like, if you're going to do it at the register, like, not while you're helping somebody. Like, you can't be putting your fingers in your mouth and then touching cash. Jerky goes where jerky goes. Like The jerky's got, not the problem. It's the flossing that's the teeth. problem. I got tight teeth. I, I also have very compact, tight teeth, and I floss, but I don't floss. I'm sorry, You don't need, as, I'm, you don't you need know as, what? as much beef jerky as me. I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. I haven't had beef jerky in 10 years. I can get you some turkey jerky. I know you're a vegan. Same thing, right? Yeah, yeah, I can eat I can eat turkey. Yeah, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. I can eat whatever, yeah. <sighs> Fucking goddammit. What's up, You can floss during this, by the way. Floss all you want. Hey, buddy. You guys see these? These claw, I, I don't know. They they look like kiss boots. They're, they're wooden Dutch clogs. Right. <laughs> What? Did you watch Amsterdam? I lived Amsterdam, Kids, dude. Why don't you have like Air Jordans or something? Yeah, like, what is the deal? Dude, like, where? Uh, what? Those are fucking out. These are fucking in. How did you get another foster family in this same town? Like, Jesus. Mm-hmm. People keep accepting me. I can play chess really well. Is that? It's is that like a something on the list that's really wanted? Yeah, people love orphans that know how to play chess, dude. <laughs> I love how you it refer does, to yourself as an orphan. It does seem like a very 90s movie um, plot premise there, right? <laughs> let me let me take a guess. You're taking a lot of pills now? and Yeah. Yeah, dude, I, I took a Tylenol this morning. Yeah, what, the, what do you want, dude? What do I, what do I always want? You tell me dipshit. Skulls. Video games. Hell yeah, dude. I want a fucking skeleton video game. All right. How about this? There are no skeleton video games. The sooner you accept that, the sooner we can move on to something else. There is a shitload of skeleton video games, There are none in here. Not here. Do you you even subscribe to Game Informer? No. Who subscribes to print media anymore? You guys are idiots. How old are you? You don't know anything about it. You were not hip. Cool, man. You were so fucking uncool. I got my clogs on. What do you mean I'm not hip? You're not hip. You're not hip to be square, bro. Yeah. It's been a minute since I've been in this store. Don't you guys want to know what I've been up to? No, because no. it just starts a whole further... Th- okay, maybe... All right. You know what, Dan? Maybe the way out is through. Where have you been? Please tell us. I've been in juvie, guys. Big surprise. <laughs> Not a good answer. What'd you do? Were you trying to hack Scream uh, 2? Well, I wish, dude, because that's a sweet-ass video game. It's, it's unhackable. A, it's a fucking movie, No, first of all. You guys don't know anything about popular media. It's so pessimistic to say it's it's unhackable. Everything is hackable, dude. No, not if this game. If you're so smart, then why did you end up in fucking juvie? Because I was hacking Scream 2 the, the video the game. The problem dude. is that you're trying to hack a game that doesn't exist. If you would hack it's Scream 2 the movie, you'd get it. It's a it's a game. You could go to the horror section and it's rent right it there. right now. Yeah. Let's call I that hacking. Wanna, I don't want to watch it. I want to live it. <laughs> oh, fuck my life. All right. 
let's let's say for example that we don't have any of those those what would you want hey check this out it's a pog slammer i'm gonna throw it right into this glass case you have to leave now no i'm not leaving you have to leave what would we my buddies are getting out of juvie too and I want to get them a movie that they're going to love. Were these friends that you met in Juvie or you knew them prior? These are Juvie guys. And we like, um, like one of our favorite things to do was to kiss on the lips. That's weird. It's not, but Dan, if you're into that, hey, dude, hey, hey, fine. hold on just a second. Dan, come here for a second. Yeah, okay. We cannot say that that's Can weird. We cannot make fun of that. Like, I said, but that, if that's what he's into, then that's fine. Okay, I mean, but we got to. Okay. He's young. I mean. Because for all the shit that he causes, the first time we say he's weird for kissing boys, we're fucked, all right? Well, he already right. broke something. He's just got out of juvenile detention. Like, we could send we, him back. It does, not, it does not correlate to him kissing I wish Jerry boys. didn't have such an anti-don't-call-the-law here. Jesus. Yeah. I'm getting bored. Yeah. I'm getting more slammer out, dudes. <laughs> we do observe maritime law here in the store. All right, what do you want? So your buddies are getting out of juvie. What are you having, like a movie night? Yeah, we're having a movie night. Probably going to do some mouth kisses. We're probably going to... Give them the uh, Phantom, dude. Give them the Phantom. Like No. We're probably yeah. going to... I think we're going to steal a boat. I don't even remember half the Phantom, what? to be honest. You're going to steal a boat? Hell yeah, dude. Don't right. tell us the crimes you're going to commit, you idiot. Hey, hey. There's no fucking laws on the lake, idiot. You can do whatever you want on the water. Please inform us, you fucking 11-year-old foster child. Boy kisser. (laughs) I'm just saying, you can do whatever you want on the open seas, man. You go out to to a pond, a lake, laws don't apply. You can kiss whoever you want. Sounds like that, that, the movie we just got in the other day. Yeah. Let's you know what? Let's see if he's can read because I don't think he's as smart as he says he is. Probably not. Toss him this DVD. Here, kid, this is the one you need for you and your shit fuck friends. Oh, this looks cool. Duke Mitchell's Gone with the Pope. He can't from read from twenty ten slash nineteen seventy six. Thanks, dipshits. everybody to the five day rentals podcast this is a video store podcast where each week we take turns picking a movie that we think meets a fun non-genre specific category this category is my face on the one dollar bill movies about people desperate for money finding money needing money anything to do with money and this week's selection is from 2010 slash 1976, Duke Mitchell's Gone with the Pope. I am hosting this week. 
It is Kron, the most gorgeous host of this podcast. I'm joined as always by Laundry Dan. Hello. And Bones. Hi. And hey, back from his inaugural appearance on The Brain, it's Steve-O. Hey, how's it going? What's up, dude? What's up? By listener requests. Mm-hmm. Is this, is this where we come to cyber? Cyber sex? What? That's later, what? bro. All right. Yeah. That's the after showers part of the yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We've got to get worked up first. Mm-hmm. Speaking uh, of worked up. Yeah, guys. Uh, first two selections in this category were Thunderbolt and Lightfoot and uh, Old Henry. Very nice, good movies. Mm-hmm. But now we're watching Gone with the Pope. Oh, shit. Uh, God, guys. I watched Gone with the Wind. What the fuck happened, Kyle? Uh, first question. Is the Criterion group a bunch of cowards for not putting this one out? Absolutely. Uh, don't I don't think you should count them out yet. I think it. I think eventually. It could they they could come around. Yeah. Depending uh, depending on rights these days, I guess, right? I think this was all your first time viewings of this thing. Uh does anybody have a quick opening thought about Gone with the Pope? It was my first time, but it really felt like slipping into a warm bath. <laughs> a, a bath of, like, razor blades? Uh, I, I mean, I can't be too specific. I mean, the whole point <laughs> is that we talk it through and then we rate, but... All right. I'm glad that um, we're giving older gentlemen in Hollywood a chance, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, I just think it's it's always nice when you watch a movie and you can say, like, this guy gets it. Like, his politics, his his views on society. This Finally. Is, this is a philosophical piece of work. Absolutely. <laughs> this guy has something to say, and he says it several times throughout the movie. There's one scene in here where I'm like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> now, that's a, that's a tough thing to say if you've seen this movie. Right. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll find out which one it is. Right. And then there's there's one scene that's so bad it kind of negates any sort of goodwill. Yeah. Literally everything. Yeah. It uh, is it is crazy how much the stuff that I love the most is politically so incorrect and right wing. Like Death mm-hmm. Wish Three is not a movie I should be applauding. But I would absolutely watch it over any Michael Moore movie. Yeah. That's true. Uh, this, this movie's got a lot of ups and downs. I think Duke Mitchell was probably struggling with, I don't know, his his views on religion and Race. society at large. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know... Just goes to show, late into your life, you can still be <laughs> fighting with yourself. Kron, at any moment during this, were you like, yeah, I should have went with something else? 
No. Okay. I was just, just asking. I watched this movie before picking it for the podcast, and I was like, this is the way to go. Can we? Should we give some background to the movie? You did say yeah, like the, so. that it had you know technically two different years. So yeah, so this movie was completely filmed and I think partially edited in 1976, from what I read. Um, Duke Mitchell had made one other movie called Massacre Mafia Style, which I watched probably the first five to ten minutes of, and the opening was not a disappointment. If you enjoyed Gone with the Pope, it is. It's literally two mafia guys walking into a building and just shooting people. And then they, like, go down to the next floor and shoot everybody on that floor. Um, It's pretty wild opening. You'd think you'd Um, want to shoot people on the way up, right? They start at the top and work their way down. I I get that from, like, maybe an efficiency standpoint. But if you shot people on the top floor and the people below you heard, they could get away. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, no one's trying to leave. Like, oh, okay. Like they can, they cannot hear these gunshots oh, to right. save their lives. Like, even if you're in the room next to the room they're in, uh, everyone is shocked as soon as they enter the the room. So, uh, but yeah, so Gone with the Pope, shot in '76. Basically ended up in Duke Mitchell's garage, essentially. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he had a company called Grindhouse Films. Uh, that guy got in touch with the estate of Duke Mitchell. It was it's Stallone's son. Yeah, the late he, he worked Sage for Stallone, that company, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, basically went out, got the film, found it. Cleaned it up a little. I think did a little bit more editing. Um, I thought I read. Wasn't it Mitchell's son that they talked to? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, someone who you know had access to all that stuff. Because they were so. they were asking about <clears throat> mafia massacre or massacre mafia style, and he said, mm-hmm. "Well, there's another one that he never finished. Uh, let me go get it." And I, yeah, it was like in his parking garage or some shit. So they were like, holy shit, really? And concerning the editing, I had I read a snippet that might be on Wikipedia that the guy who won the Oscar for directing The Hurt Locker actually did a pass on this. <laughs> Jesus. That's incredible. Yeah. That's not a terrible idea. Well, luckily, no, they, they, yeah. they, they found this thing. They saved it. Um, it was officially released in 2010. It had a brief theatrical run. Uh, I actually did see this in 2010 at the Belcourt. So that's how this got on my radar in the first place. And I've held on to it this whole time, just waiting for, waiting for the chance to make you all watch it as well. So you watched it in theater. Yes, I saw this in a theater at a midnight screening. Wow, man. Man. Yep. How did you stay awake not having any blood left in your head? <laughs> I mean, it was it was a challenge. How much yeah, was that the, ticket? I don't know. A midnight movie, dude? Like $7? I don't know. 
do you respect Duke Mitchell for not ever trying to finish it and put it, put it out? Like, I sort of respect the artistic integrity of like, nope, I'm, I would not put this on the world incomplete. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think the version of it that we get, I, I'm entertained by it. Yeah. So I, I, it could have fallen apart for a number of reasons, like some kind of financial thing came up and he could never finish it. I mean, I, I don't think Massacre Mafia style was like a huge hit or anything, so. I just find it interesting to, I, what else would you add to this movie? If, add if, pretty much everything. Yeah, if anything, there's probably some stuff you could cut down out of this <laughs> that's, and that's exactly what i was gonna say like uh i think the opening is strong but they they get to be parts especially when they're in vegas where it's like what are we doing here man sounds like a good plan okay in all reality this could have been a 71 minute movie i mean <clears throat> what is Zack schneider coming in and redoing here you know, to gain the glory back. I, I was going to say, this This is the type of thing that I wish HBO would go, this is crazy enough, let's not just remake it, let's make it an eight-part series. Yeah, this is the documentary like, that you need to see. I'm not, I don't even mean a documentary. I mean, you tell this whole story, there's two or three episodes just in Rome. <laughs> right? There's one one that's on a boat in a water, you know, that's the one that you put up for Emmy nomination. A, a, bottle, a bottle episode yeah. where they're just on the boat? Just on the boat, all done in one <laughs> shot, you know. Kind of like uh, Sunset Limited style where he's just arguing with the Pope. <laughs> and then you just do like a badass episode seven when he gets back and he's like assassinating all the guys at the horse track and all that shit. We could do it. What's the what, uh, not Mario Puzo? Who's the true detective guy? Nick something, Paziallo or Pizzianlano? I'm not trying to be yes. Italian no. offensive. I I know what you're trying to yeah. say, but I don't know the name either. That's it. I'll email him and ask him to redo Gone with the Pope. Well, you it's uh, it. you know, we'll we'll get into it, but it is like. I think you're a little over the halfway mark of this movie before the Pope thing even comes into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is crazy that your 83-minute movie has 40 minutes of preamble, basically. <laughs> it's very anticlimactic as well. Uh, what I th- vaguely recall that one of, they said that reels nine through thirteen were missing. Yeah, I think that was what I read as well. So it, I wonder if that's probably you know post Pope because that seems pretty rushed. And they had to, yeah, um, to go through negatives to find what was missing. Yeah. Oh, well, well, was this, well? Do we get like a roll fourteen though? Like, do we get the ending that Duke Mitchell intended, or were there only 13 total? I, I can't remember. I 
think so. I if I was piecing I it together, I mm-hmm. feel like, and we'll maybe we can talk about it when we get there. Like the racetrack stuff does feel a little like salvaged mm-hmm. from a quality perspective, and I also feel like the last scene feels that way. Of course, they were tr- they were like soup trying to do superimposing effects or whatever with the lights on that, but shit. Uh, you guys want to jump into this thing proper? Yeah, let's yeah, uh, send it. Let's get on that boat, Karan. Let's bust out of jail, dude. All right, guys. Let's, this is Gone with the Pope from 2010 slash 1976, directed by Duke Mitchell. Hold on. Let me give you guys kisses on your mouths first. Mm-hmm. I like It's a sign of respect, dude. Uh, I know. I know. That's what I tell you every time I see you in person and I give you a kiss. Still weird. It was hella awkward, man. Well, you're all going to keep getting them, COVID or not. So, <laughs> Yeah, I've learned to just take it. It's much faster to just let him kiss you and yeah. and move on. It's like a dog. Yeah. You just have to let him do it. Yeah, if you try to fight him, you just it's ten times longer an experience. I get, yep. I get like three sometimes, though. Well, I haven't seen you in a while. Well, it's because you keep <laughs> turning your head. Yeah. Yeah, you try to get him on the cheek, but... Yeah. That's just going to prolong it, dude. Lesson learned. All right. We start with an intro from Duke Mitchell himself. He is reading the opening of Genesis. uh, Paraphrased, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, He let the water be gathered into oceans. He named the dry lands earth and the water seas. God made two huge lights to shine down upon the earth, the huge lights he called sun and the moon. He said, let the waters fill with fish, let the sky fill with birds. On the sixth day, God created livestock, reptiles, and all kinds of wildlife. And on the seventh day, he said, let there be man, and he fucked the whole thing up. That's right out of the Bible, dudes. Yeah, I looked it up, it's true. (laughs) <laughs> if Duke Mitchell was on Joe Rogan, it would be like a seven-hour episode. <laughs> oh, if only, dude. <laughs> I I have only listened to the Quentin Tarantino episode, but I guarantee you if they got Duke Mitchell, that would be my second listen. Yep. Isn't he dead? Yeah. He is. Yeah, yeah they should have got him years ago, dude. I mean, he died super young. He is much younger than you think he is in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a hard living, dude. Oh, yeah. How old do you think he is in this movie? Like 50? 65? Yeah, I think he died at 55. Holy shit. He was like late 40s, early 50s when he made this. I thought he was like, his dude's like 65 years old when he made this. Yeah. But. That's insane. And he looked like, he looked like hell. <laughs> they all did. It's all, you can't just be out kissing guys, dude. Yeah. Shit takes a toll. 72. They didn't know what was going around at that time. Uh, we cut over to some mob guys. They're meeting in Vegas for negotiations. 
at first they just seem to be discussing their flights in and how it went. There's a a guy that's like, I'm going to drive back if it takes seven fucking seven years. Seven fucking years. <laughs> this is also the guy where they have a scene where he pulls a piece of loose skin off of his fucking finger and like spits it out. I was like, whoa. Why? Because <laughs> uh, they didn't have enough film to go back and yeah. reshoot, Dan. <laughs> Plus, the camera's on one side of the pool, and he's just letting these guys rip on the other side of the pool. There's no... This, yeah. All right. Apparently, Carl Kokomo came to visit Vegas, and he found out that nobody's going to sell. Uh, Carl Kokomo is a badass name, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Is that Carl with a K or a C? I think it's Carl with a C. I actually had subtitles on. I think they spell Kokomo with a C as well, but that's not the traditional spelling. Uh, so Carl, he came out to Vegas early. Uh, nobody's willing to sell. These mobsters apparently want to buy... I think the mobsters want to buy seven casinos. Um, No one's willing to sell. So there are three owners in Vegas and four out in L.A. So I didn't follow this whole thing at all. And it actually really pissed me off. Like, I had no idea what was going on. I got really frustrated. Well... What are your questions, and we can answer them. That's why we're what the here, fuck Steve. was going on? Kyle's I, telling I, us. Yeah, I think these mobsters are wanting to buy seven casinos, um, and they need somebody to deal with that situation so they can acquire these casinos. Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it is so stupidly simple, Steve. I think you're probably making it more difficult than it needs to be i guess so now they do a terrible job explaining it but that's that's my complaint it's just like steve horrible i 100 percent guarantee you right now you were thinking about this more than duke mitchell did when he was (laughs) filming this movie it and it also doesn't help that these actors are not actors so they're oh just God. they're just blowing through the lines. They don't understand like the nuance or the conversational bit of it. It really is just some of reading it. Yeah, yeah. Like a- after this guy's done talking, I deliver. <laughs> like I don't even know what he's saying, but I'm just waiting for his mouth to stop moving mm-hmm. All right. so I can say my thing. Uh. <clears throat> One of these mobsters says, Bruno, next time you talk, lower your head. The FBI's across the street, and I heard they can read lips. This guy says, are we bugged? Positively, no. Uh, this guy says, watch this. The camera does an awesome zoom in right on this guy's face. He looks directly breaking the fourth wall as much as anyone could mm-hmm. and mouths, fuck you. Congrats, Karan. Which which I think is him breaking the fourth wall to the audience, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck you yeah. if you don't understand this, Steve. Uh, <laughs> right? He, he's literally... 
I think he's just literally telling the viewer, fuck you if you're watching this movie. Yeah. Also, he has a really awesome lisp that I think he's trying to hide. Like, are we bugged? Watch this. Like, it, it slips out towards the end. Uh, we very briefly cut over to the California State Prison. Now, here is the first shot we could have excluded from this film because we basically just see some guys in prison and we instantly cut back to these mobsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the mobsters says, we're going to do what we should have done last year. We'll, we'll put out a hit on all seven of them. We need a good man and a new man. Now, other mobsters. What doesn't this seem like some just stupid mafia shit to me? Like, why would you kill seven guys all in one shot? So you can, so you can buy, buy their casinos. casinos. <sighs> that just all seven casinos. It just does not seem like a smart mafia plan to me. Uh, How else are you gonna do it? Well, Don Kelly on is not. Is not doing this. He's, Don Kellyon, Colion, the surfer. <laughs> it's Don. Don, Don Donnie Corleone. Hey, it's me, Don Kellyon. Uh, ripping Big Sur today. Gonna hit the barrel down here in the Big HI. Dan, you. I get what you're saying that this is like stupid heat, right? You can't just kill seven <laughs> guys, but. Also, you can't kill one of the seven because then the second one is like, fuck, they're coming after us. I feel like if I kill so whole- seven mafia bosses, there's not going to be much left of my mafia like come like the next two weeks. Well, there's there's no guarantee that these casino owners are mafia. Yeah. It's 1970. What? Two? 74? Six? Six. In Las Vegas. What are you talking about? There was probably like a shill guy that owned mm-hmm. the company, though. I guess. I Somebody gonna... who had a clean record, dude. Yeah. These are the last of the holdouts, you know? <laughs> if this is what we're going to get bogged down in in this <laughs> yeah. movie... I was getting ready to it's, say, you guys we're gonna have are a real tough way time. more. Real tough time. <laughs> All right, so this mobster says, we're going to need a new guy and a... Oh, shit, where is it? Uh, we need a good man and a new man. The other mobster says, I think I know just the guy. He's getting out of prison. He's good and he's new. Now, again, Duke Mitchell looks like a 65-year-old man. So I don't know what he's new at, but not much is the answer. He's refurbished. (laughs) Certified pre-owned. Again, we cut back over to prison. Now we finally meet Paul, who is Duke Mitchell. Uh, His cellmate is kind of keying him into this plan. As soon as you get out, they're going to be waiting for you with a briefcase full of $100,000. Uh, then it's up to Paul to figure out how to kill seven people at once. Why? Why are they making me do it? Why me? <laughs> Immediately uh, starting with the complaining, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Needs the money, though. 
kinda. He does. He yeah. does get a hundred thousand yeah. dollars for this job. He needs so. this to set up his rich girlfriend in a much better that's situation. What I, I that's guess. what I don't understand. No, no, he needs this money to take care of his three, three buddies who are also guys. in prison. Take them out to international waters. Right, because there's there no law. No, laws. <laughs> no judges. Holy Is shit! Is it starting to make sense, Steve? Fuck no. <laughs> Uh, Paul does complain a little bit, but his cellmate says, Hey, Paul, you're either in or you're in the way. We also learn that Paul is willing to do all of this because there, he has three buddies in prison, um, and they all looked out for each other. Who are older than him. Mm-hmm. These guys are lifers, dude. <laughs> They're also stupid. But he didn't need to do this. Continue on. Yes, I understand. Uh, Paul says, I figure if we, if we make one heavy score, I'd buy a boat. Put the three guys on it. There ain't no law in the waters. No judges, no cops, no bullshit. All you got to worry about is some maritime asshole. I mean, what we cut- really are these guys going to be doing on international waters where... Apparently throwing paper plates into the ocean. Playing mm-hmm. shuffleboard and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking at nudie mags together. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if I spent 20 years in jail, I don't know if I'd want to immediately get on a yacht. Another confined be, space. Yeah, and be on open water for two months. Maybe it's what you're comfortable with. Like, yeah, I just need I, a little room. A cot. Yeah. Well, the one guy even says it later when he's talking to the Pope, right? Like he hates being out there anyway, outside. Mm -hmm. All right. We cut back over to these mobsters going over the plan. Uh, They say, you know, Paul's only going to be holding this money. As soon as the job's done, they're going to kill Paul and take that money back. We cut back over to the prison, and we get to see Paul's exit tour from jail. Uh, he's going around. He's got his denim jacket on. He's cutting up with everybody. Do they let you do this in prison? Do you get to go around and shake everybody's hand? I don't think so. I'm, I'm thinking no. Yeah. I mean, I know the band Kiss... You know, they've gone on a farewell tour, but this guy went on a kissing farewell tour. Like, Dan isn't lying. He kiss, He makes out with one dude through the bars. Yep. There's a lot of kissing going on. Yeah. He goes... This, uh, this jail. He yells at one kid for being on smack. You're going to stay off that fucking junk, right? Promises another kid, like, a singing career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where's that movie? That's like the next uh, A Star is Born. I'd like to see that version. Also, but he's been in jail for 20 years. Yeah, I think that's right. So he's he's just taking a guess that that club's still there, right? That he still knows the people that own and operate that lounge. <laughs> Maybe he's got a guy coming to visit him, okay. you know, telling him how the club's going. Don't shatter his dreams of being a singer, man. You going to stay off that fucking junk 
Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna stay off the Yeah, I'm gonna stay off it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, come here. Mm. 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 I love you. Mm. Hopefully, you can't take I'm a it. real tough man. Mm. I mean, talk to Anthony. He's a singer. So, after Paul's done kissing everybody on the mouth, um, we cut over to him, and guys, he's with a, a blonde bombshell. Now, 16. I wrote down. <laughs> this, is, this is a Macy's mall mannequin, right? Like this woman. Yeah. <laughs> she knows how to read. We know that. But does she? Does she? She reads her cards pretty well. Um, I wrote down a lot of this, this dialogue that these two share because <laughs> for I, I had to rewind more times than I even want to admit to you trying to figure out what their connection was, how they she, knew each other. She's married another, well, let me take a guess at it. She married another guy, but she was always interested in Paul. That's kind of what I got, right? Yeah. And, and I think that's and a, now the other guy's gone, so Paul He's dead, Paul. Is is with her now, right? Right. Yeah, I, I think the way it goes is these two were in a relationship at one point. Uh he went into prison, she remarried, had children who are now old enough to be out of the house, and her husband died in twenty years, so this lady moves quick. <laughs> and the only thing keeping Paul alive was knowing that she was safe with some mm-hmm. guy who loved her. Paul does say, um, you know, how are you going to take me back? You're a woman of caliber. What are people going to think? Uh, she says, Paul, my real friends will understand. My so-called friends will have to deal with it. I I also love how he's just smoking a cigarette right in her fucking face as this is going on. Yeah. He says, but you're active in hospitals, charities, <laughs> crippled funds. <laughs> the, the dialogue in this movie is so good. Yeah. Um... Anyway, I've got a lot more here, but we can skip over all these dialogue beats. <laughs> We're about to get there, Steve. Don't worry. Steve has updated his virtual background to an amazing part of this movie. Uh, this lady does end with, uh, they're talking about her deceased husband, but he's dead. Without him, I thought I'd be dead too. But now you're back and I can live again. Don't take that away from me. I don't want you to look like a gigolo. (laughs) You won't ever have to steal or hurt anyone again. Uh, We hear a small to medium-sized dog barking. (laughs) Paul tells Hamlet, the dog, to shut up and sit down. (laughs) We see that Hamlet is a giant, fucking huge-ass Great Dane. He sits on the couch. Yeah. Yeah, but it's even, it's too big for the couch. It can only get its, like, ass end on there. Are we assuming this is her dog? 
Yeah, it's got to be. You know how fucking annoyed I would be if somebody came into my house and started telling my dog to sit down? Would you usher them out of the house? Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing? He's here more than I am, you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. All right. We're, uh, we're, we're moving on to what might be the best scene of this film. Uh, this is Paul and Jean's date. And guys, this thing has it all. These two hop in a Cadillac and drive up into the woods. They go on a hike. They take a break from their hike to smoke some cigarettes together. Uh, They kiss a little bit. Paul carves their names into some trees. We flash over to a BMX park. (laughs) Look at these fucking Uh, kids, huh? They witness a big jump. Gene is fucking wowed. Uh, it's Steve's background. It <laughs> she is, cannot believe. It is more than wowed. It is like... She reminds me of Jaws. <laughs> if you can imagine like a... A Macy's mannequin becoming Jaws. This is what's... That's what yeah, happened. I mean, her head is back... More than 45 degrees. We're talking Pez dispenser (laughs) level. I just want to know if you guys took notes on this whole date because Valentine's Day is coming up. Mm -hmm. Be Uh, perfect to recreate with your ladies. Yeah, me and my wife are going to feed cotton candy to a bunch of mules as well. Uh, all right, after they witness the big jump, they take a ride on a children's tiny train. He is embarrassed as hell. It's not Gene looking is laughing. Gene is laughing. Paul looks mortified, is what I wrote down in my notes. <laughs> he didn't even want to do it for his own movie. Uh, these two ride on a carousel. They feed some cotton candy to a horse. Can't I'm impressed he got on the carousel because there's no way he's not operating right at like a point eight or point oh eight. You know what I mean? Like the whole oh, shoot, like his, his, his blood, blood alcohol. alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> plus the cocaine. I just I love can... that he's trying to kill this horse. We're anti-horse podcast. So. Mm-hmm. I don't think a little cotton candy for a horse is going to mess it up too much. Cotton candy is not good for a human. Ron. Oh, that's like, that's just, it's 90% air, dude. It was, that's fake, it was carrot fake flavor. News. Fake news? Yeah. <laughs> Steve, uh, we try not to get too political. Yeah, we got rainbow together. sugar and uh, carrot flavor, but um, the carrot flavor's for the horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, they pet some puppies and sheep, and then they end their date by feeding some popcorn to koi fish. Which can't be good either. Man, are you a dietitian? <laughs> just for the animals, man. Yeah, Dan's a, a veterinarian dietitian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, koi fish, they definitely find popcorn elsewhere in the wild. So I don't know why it would be difficult for them to digest. See? Yeah. You, what most, you tell me... A little corn never washed into the lake, Dan? You're supposed to do the 
koi fish aren't from America, guys. Yeah. And there's no corn in Japan. Nope. You heard it here. And they certainly don't be popping it over there. At the like, whenever you go to Japanese gardens and stuff with the koi fish, they've got the the fish food, you know, like in the little vending machine. You ever seen that? Yeah, there's probably corn yeah. in that. Maybe like corn filler, but that's not like all butter flavored fucking country, dude. Maybe. I bet that shit. I bet that shit is ninety five percent corn. Yeah, I bet it's ninety five percent soy. You're probably right. <clears throat> we going cr- crop uh, quiz here. Soy. Walnut. Look this up. Let's find a koi fish food distributor. No, we don't need to the... do that. We we just need to find some koi fish and feed them a bunch of popcorn and see what happens. All right, Karan. Look out next week that's, on your doorstep. That's, that's easier than me emailing somebody. Hey, could I get an ingredient list? I'll, s- yeah, dude, I'll send you some fucking... You want some koi fish? I'll send you some koi fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll have koi fish to your house before this record's done. I'll have koi fish to you in three hours. Steve, are you Googling can you feed koi Hell, fish popcorn? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm Googling koi fish food ingredients. Uh, this romantic date all ends with Paul kissing an old Italian man on the mouth. <laughs> uh, this scene's amazing, too. So Paul explains to this man that he needs to do a job to make some money for him and his friends. Why? This, this To late, take care of his friends, did, dude. Did you not see how many cars were in the driveway in the garage when these that, two left for this fucking date? That's what I was trying to get to earlier was like, at first I thought it was like, oh, he does it. He wants to take care of her. Then when he really reiterates, oh, I'm trying to take care of my friends. I thought the same thing. Like, who are she's you? even saying like, you don't have to want for anything. Like, and, you're good. And that's where he gets the fucking boat from. Yeah. She already has the boat. Okay. So you want to come, you want to come out of prison. You meet back up with your wife and instantly you're like, hey, can I get 40 bucks? Cause I need to. You know, do this, do that. Did you not? Paul wants to. Paul wants to be an independent man, Dan. Paul cannot be an independent man because he has had that taken away from him because he's a fucking criminal. No, he's trying to prove that he can do it on his own. He doesn't need anybody. You see what this movie did to us? What? This I just don't think us Paul. Together- we're talking more now than we have in years. I just don't think Paul is the smartest man here. No, he's a giant hypocrite. He's an idiot. Yeah. But he uh, loves America. Yeah. <clears throat> and puppies and little kids. Mm-hmm. Paul explains to this Italian man that he needs to make some money for him and his friends. This old man simply says, is it a kill? Paul says, yes. The old man says, you have to do it. <laughs> Who's this guy again? Uh, he's he's not important. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's an elder. He consequential? An yeah, elder he's a, of he's Paul, an elder. I guess. Yeah. And he's only slightly more important than his wife who comes and pours the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this old, like, is Paul part of the mafia? Is that what they're... 
you know, like maybe this guy was his old uh, boss or whatever. Well, this is probably a made guy. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I don't. I mean, maybe he worked. Maybe he what? Maybe Paul wasn't a made guy. He was just kind of trying to work his way there. Then he got popped. Either way, we cut over to Paul on a plane. He's flying out to Vegas. Uh, in VO, Paul explains that he knows a guy in Vegas named Giorgio. He's going to offer Giorgio $50,000 to kill the three guys out in Vegas while he takes care of the four guys out in L.A. Uh, Paul also adds that this will add some protection since the mobsters would know that he had a partner so they won't be able to kill him if they're worried about some kind of repercussion. Okay, so this... Okay. <clears throat> That's what I was... I didn't... Okay. I got you. I got you, Cron. So they're yeah, not so, going to kill yeah. him for whenever he gets paid. Or he already got some money, but... he Yes, he is already ahead of them, like, oh, they're going to okay. try to whack me after. Because mm -hmm. at one point, I was like, well, why didn't that come back in? And I was like... Well, maybe it was the other. Okay, I got it. it. If I'm touching up this script, that's what he talks about with the old guy. You know, he goes to the old guy and says, hey, they want me to do this, blah, blah, blah. And the old guy goes, did they pay you already? Yeah. Well, you know, they're going to hit, you know, he kind of fills him in. And mm -hmm. then, you know, well, then maybe, hey, me, you need to find, you know, anybody in Vegas, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then it, you don't do it in VO. You do it when he's talking to Giorgio, you know. Yeah, but this way you see how smart Paul is. Oh, he's, like he he's pieced all this together mm -hmm. without any outside help. Dynamite. And plus, it's like you can't extend those scenes because later you need to watch <laughs> nine minutes of a Vegas show act where a guy impersonates. The pit boss? Well, uh, cocktail pit waitress boss. and a pit boss. Holy crap, man. <laughs> it, I it, forgot this has got to be a buddy, right? This has got to be a friend oh. that's letting him shoot in the so, club. So, hey, do do 10 minutes of your act. Mm -hmm. What I was reading is he would offer parts for money to fund the film. And so he would just bring people in who were like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you an extra fucking thousand to, to be in the movie and get you funded <clears throat> uh there's also a really funny part where like paul steps off the plane in vegas and they have you know slot machines in the airport and he like puts a quarter in and does it and he just kind of like shrugs and walks away <laughs> I, I bet that was not planned <laughs> he was just like oh, i'm gonna hit the i'm gonna hit the slot machine real quick there's a maybe a, a part in this that definitely doesn't seem planned well, I was thinking maybe he thought if he hit the jackpot, he could, you know, true up the budget on this film a mm -hmm. little bit. I think I know what part you're talking about, Dustin. Okay. <clears throat> Is that the guy that wants to play a hand? Yes. The guy that I don't think knew that they were making a movie and they don't call <laughs> cut. Yeah. All right. Uh... <laughs> Paul gets to Vegas. We see some classic 70s Vegas as Paul drives around. Uh, 
This is where we first cut over to our Vegas lounge act. Oh, and shit. man, oh man, um, I bet when this was shot, this B-roll wasn't meant to take up seven minutes of the movie. <laughs> but it surely does. Uh, we kind of cut away from that quickly and get a little scene of Paul playing blackjack. Luisa is the dealer. Uh, one of the other players, is he's basically like begging Luisa to give him a good hand. And then we essentially watch a noiseless full hand of blackjack be played out in front of us. Uh, as Bones was saying, there is just a random guy that walks up and seems like he is not involved in this film. He looks like the dude, uh, what's that like man soap, like Squanch, or you know what I'm talking about? Like the YouTube <laughs> commercials, like the long haired yes. bearded guy that does like the... Oh, you know, uh, Dr. Squatch. Dr. Squatch, yeah. That's what he looks like. He comes up, plays a hand, and Duke just watches him. And it really does come off like this fucking kid doesn't know that we're shooting a goddamn scene. I think they all look at him like... Yeah. Well, it's not, like I don't even know if he figures out that they're shooting a movie, but he at least figures out that he's not supposed to be there because... Like, when his hand busts out or whatever, he's just like, all right, thank you, goodbye. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. So, essentially, Paul asks Luisa if she knows Giorgio. She says that she does, and he's in really bad shape. He's somewhere in town. (laughs) Paul says, I'll look around. (laughs) Which he does. He scours Vegas. Uh, Paul walks around all over Vegas at night. (laughs) (laughs) He finds Giorgio sitting at a slot machine. It looks like Giorgio just lost his last quarter. And sure enough, Paul comes up with a bucket full of them and dumps them into his bucket. Paul starts to fill Giorgio in on his plan. Uh, They need to kill seven people. If Giorgio can take care of the three in Vegas, Paul's going to take care of the four in L.A. They'll get a hundred grand and split it 50-50. Giorgio tepidly agrees. Why not? Yeah, dude. It sounds like a good plan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Paul's even like... Hey, why would you even do this? You got a nice place here with your woman and set up. Like, he contradicts the whole, like, you need money. Mm -hmm. And he's doing what Paul should have did. He's living off of his lady. Yes. Well, Giorgio does say, like, this is all my lady's stuff. And then Paul's like, and you just give her the Italian sausage Sausage. every now and again. Yeah, (laughs) you know it. You know it. (laughs) Uh, Paul tells Giorgio stay here and stay loose we cut over to our next scene which just opens with Las Vegas June 14th 10.15pm Giorgio lays in a hotel room shirtless (laughs) with all the blinds open love that insert 
It looks like which, his uh his like his pants are a size too small for him or something. He's kind of he's really hanging out there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It really does I, add production value though, right? They're like, no, we got to open these fucking windows. Like, we got to see the strip. I actually thought that hotel room, if it was a hotel room, looked really cool. Yeah, that mm-hmm. hey, that's one thing about this movie. It's like there's very few places that look cheap. It doesn't look like they're in a warehouse with fake oh. walls. Like they're Except on locations the and shit. Yeah. And like that pool but, in the beginning yeah. that they're hanging out at. But I mean, when they right. go to Rome and they're walking around Rome or whatever, like that was probably Rome. Yeah. They yeah, had a fourth look- unit, I guess, filming shit there. It doesn't look like the brain where they had literally cardboard walls. Hey, man. The same back room of a restaurant that they shifted around. Yeah. I I would watch brain any day of the week over this. Wow. (laughs) You're not allowed to say that now. Steve. I can't say that now. Well, well, fucking edit it out. Okay. Well, no. (laughs) We're not going to edit this. (laughs) (laughs) What is this? Clear it. Yeah. What, what podcast do you think yeah. you're on, Steve? All right. If Duke Mitchell didn't do no editing, we're not. Yeah. Unless oh, yeah. one of us says a slur that we a week <laughs> later ask me to take out. <laughs> or two weeks ago, 30 seconds after I say it, I'm like, ah, shit, I need to take that out. So. Uh, the phone rings. It's Paul. He tells Giorgio it's on. So the next few shots, we got a lot of back and forth cutting between L.A. and Las Vegas. Uh, we see Paul. He's out in L.A. He shows up to a bar. He meets with some gangster guy that he apparently knows. Um, now we're back over to Giorgio. All right, this is where we get the actual uh, cocktail lounge band that does their full set. Uh, we see them at first. They're... Doing the monkey, which is, you know, just a, a riff that plays over and over where they're like just pumping their hands in front of them. Uh, and then this one guy comes out and he starts doing a cocktail waitress dance. He does a pit boss dance. Everybody's loving this shit too. They're fucking eating it up. I wrote down Some... comedy shows in Vegas sucked in the 70s. I mean, entertainment Simpler in times, general man. sucked. So you said something uh, last episode, well, when this comes out, it's two episodes ago. Um, I can't, uh, Kron, you said something where you can't really relate to like 70s movies. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. I can't at all agree with 70s movies Mm -hmm. at all. It's, It's weird. What's lacking? I don't, I don't know. I thought. It's like the tone of the movies. I don't, or maybe, yeah, I have no idea. Well, this but doesn't that's, feel right. That's like a normal '70s movie. You can relate to Gone with the Pope, though, right? Totally. Yeah. They all should have been like this in the '70s. <laughs> they kind of are. Yeah. <laughs> 70s movies do tend to 
<clears throat> yeah, I agree. Have a little different tones throughout. You know, sometimes they're jumping back into that 1960s love flower shit and sometimes it's hardcore violence and that's yeah, I agree it's a very odd like timing for movies some people that's all they fucking watch can't do it but I feel like they like didn't figure out editing and like pacing that well in the 70s like they got they got more experimental with filmmaking but then it kind of like they didn't know how to adjust yet. And you got right. all this great, like, fucking rock and roll coming in the later 70s, and they don't... The music is just always so kooky. Yep. Pacing is a huge thing, because a 70s movie will show a guy kiss his wife, go out the front door, go get the keys out of his pocket, open the door, get in the car, start the car, back out of the driveway, take off, and still stay there until he like makes the turn. Yeah, so you know, that's and, it. And there's a there's a lot of like this like okay, we cuz we have to tell you that this guy gets in the car and leaves. And it yeah. took a little bit for us to figure out like, oh no, you could just do like a cool little montage with music, show him driving and do that in 15 seconds versus a 45 second shot. That yeah. was yeah. real slow. But the bummer is, I feel like script-wise and dialogue-wise, it, it you're talking 50 years, so it's a different language. But mm-hmm. usually this dialogue and stuff on a better, higher-class 70s movie is going to be better. It's going to engage you more. I mean, nothing is more engaging than like a 40s or 50s like fucking rom-com. Like people are just, you know... Like Tarantino and Kevin Smith think they can shoot dialogue, but old studio pictures like that written by those fucking dudes, like it's great. Then you get into the 70s, there's a bit more subtlety. And the thing about the 80s is like the pop, the extravagance, all of that stuff. We realized you don't need all this little filler stuff. Each thing's got to pop and be quick. So... It is yeah, such I mean, a huge jump between 70s to 80s, and then now everything is just dull. So when you, I feel like it makes you uncomfortable again when you go back to the 70s, and you're like, this is bright, it looks good, but it's still dull. I'd rather watch 80s or 90s. Yeah. I think so. I, like, I would probably rather watch some, you know, like, I don't know, like late 40s, early 50s, like noir or like a rom-com or something, because it's so quick like all the dialogue yeah and then i do think by the 80s they they finally figured out like oh it doesn't need to be a minute like we can show all of this in 15 seconds so Mm -hmm. it's like you either are going for quick dialogue or quick um editing whereas the 70s just like the 60s and the 70s just feel so drawn out on everything Mm -hmm. like take sorcerer for example like we don't need to see him getting on the plane and getting down there and doing all of that. Like we can have a discussion, which is very cool about, Hey, this is what you got to do. And then cut to him down there mm-hmm. and then save all of your time for all of those tense set pieces. So we sort of learned that. And then you look at forties, fifties, new They don't have a ton of budget. They're going to shoot in this one room. They don't need, they can, it's like reservoir dogs. You don't need to have people outside walking around taking time. Like, guy comes in, 
They have a little discussion. They cut to the next scene. So, yep. I th- and also, 60s, late 60s, everything's fucked up. People are trying to experiment. And then in the 70s, people are, it's like not as expensive to make movies. Like, so people can draw shit out. Shit. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Sorry for that tangent. No, that's All some right. good shit, man. We cut over to three guys in Vegas. There's a knock at the door. It's room service, and guys, it's Giorgio. Okay. Why would you ever get room service as a bad guy? Well, all three of them meeting together. Just don't. (laughs) Maybe it wasn't a thing in the 70s, but like right now, if you and I were meeting in a a hotel, no, no way. Are we bad guys? I just in general, even without being bad guys, I'm not getting room. I'm not having a guy wheel a cart into my room. It's Vegas, so people saved up, and they're like, yeah, babe, we're going to gamble, we're going to drink, and we're going to get room service. Like, It's terrible food, but mm-hmm. they deliver it to you. I don't think I've ever gotten room service. <laughs> I don't think it's. We were in the hospital, I'd call, and they'd bring it up to the room. So I guess, is that room service? Uh, yeah, yeah, dude, and you're lucky you didn't get yeah. fucking shot in the head. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that old Spanish lady was going to shoot me. But my nurse did say, like, you're not covered on the insurance, so you need to make sure you double order. I was like, gotcha, gotcha. I love, I fucking love capitalism, dude. (laughs) You're going to charge me $14 for a fucking bagel. I love it. The uh, one of these guys has a great voice, by the way, like a uh, what's he say? Like fuck all of Vegas, like a real Burton Ernie type of. He makes the quote all my life. I've wanted to mastermind something in Vegas. Yeah, but like what more bad guy thing could you say? Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut back over to Paul, who's in L.A. He walks into a meeting with a briefcase. This guy says, did you bring the check? Yes. Give it to me. Uh, we now see Giorgio and Paul just laying waste. One guy yells, Paul, why me? Paul responds, why not? <laughs> Shoots this guy. Uh, and then there's a sick slow-mo of Paul emptying his revolver and tossing the bullet cases. Incriminating himself. Which, like, he just grabs all the casings. Yeah. Like, all of the... I know maybe forensics isn't that great in the 70s, but, like, hey. fingerprints all over... Hey, him. buddy, you didn't listen to last week's episode. We figured out when uh, fingerprinting started to be used. Oh, okay. They, yeah, so it it's very much alive in the 70s. So All right. Yeah, this was fucking stupid. Well, Paul's going to jail. He's going back. <laughs> uh, I think the squibs looked pretty good. Like, For the budget this movie probably had, yeah. I think it is fine. Yeah. And I didn't think the gunshots were great, but I was like, they still sort of pop. Like, mm-hmm. But it's such a huge difference. A bad squib compared to like a digital gunshot, you can't beat it. 
I wonder uh, we, if post rust controversy, you know, where like we're not talking like no more because there's no real reason for there to be a blank at all. You don't need anything in the gun. Like digitally, you can do all that shit now, right? Yeah. Blood. Uh, all right. Yeah. If you want to say that, that's fine. What? I mean, what? well, it's like you don't have to have a practical effect. No. But it looks better. But what? Yeah, like you get the effect in in the hand of the actor. Well, why can't we develop something that They're has an actor. a Thank you, Dan. Um but w- <laughs> but why can't you come up with some sort of firearm that has that mechanism that doesn't have to fire anything but still shoots back, you know what I mean? Like they had I bought them at KB Toys all the time at the mall. Yeah, the that the, the right. hammer slides back or whatever. Like there's a way to do it. Right? And but what I was going to say is then the trade-off is let's get fucking actual practical squibs back in. Like, so where you'll make up for it of like not actually shooting a projectile for any reason. Let's actually like put makeup and shit back on a head and blow the shit out of it that way. Yeah, that'd be a fine trade-off. Again, I could stand right here and finger gun at you and make it seem like I'm firing a gun, right? Yeah, Dan just dodged, right? Like we're shit. both great actors. Watch out, so, bro. Fuck. I didn't buy it. And it wasn't even loaded. Well, pff, you don't like 70s movies, so you don't like good <laughs> shit. Uh, we cut back over to Paul. He's picking up his three buddies from prison, so I guess all these guys got released on the exact same day. Nice. Uh, for some reason, they're already traveling with a pulpit. Like, they are carrying around... <laughs> All the stuff you would need if you were going to kidnap the Pope. Mm-hmm. Almost like maybe this was taken from later in the shooting. Like, mm-hmm. and and that's like I got really confused there. It's like why there was no mention of the Pope, but they have this thing that they're just carrying around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Uh, they also have like. I don't know if it's clothes or what, but they have bags of something they just start tossing out of the car for no reason. I think yeah. I think that's their clothes that they had when they got put into prison. That's the only thing I could think of. Oh, like Paul showed up with a whole new wardrobe for him? Yeah, Because there is one guy that like grabs a suit from the driver. So that's, All right, that makes sense. That's the only thing I could think of. Because that too, I was like, what the fuck are they throwing out of the car here? He should have showed up in that Buick from Thunderbolt. You know, with the closet in the back seat. Yeah, that Take your been pick, fellas. The best. Shirts. Man, I want that blue shirt. It's terrible. Uh, I gotta get that shirt. All right, guys. Uh, I'm gonna gloss over a lot of the next yes, few scenes. Th- I literally wrote that down, too. Like, maybe Thank we you. should skip this. Yeah, we don't need to dwell on this. I guess what I do want to say about it is um, basically in the next five to seven minutes of this movie, there's probably 15 racist comments jammed into it. Uh, Duke Mitchell was probably a piece of shit, and this is what he decided to include in his movie, but it's extremely racist, and I'd rather just not talk about it. Yeah. So. We're going to move on from this part of the film. Um, essentially, they go out. They go dancing. Um, they pick up a call girl. 
take her back to their house, but all these guys are too drunk to do anything, <laughs> so they're all just kind of vomiting. Old. <laughs> they are old. Too they have not old. had l- liquor in prison. Uh, so they're all just vomiting, and that's about all we need to say about that. When was the last, so, when was the last time you guys threw up from partying? Uh, it's been a while. Last year. Yeah, Tequila. I think, you, I think, like, I think Tequila. you might be the most recent. We might have talked about this. I think like two years ago. Because so I, I, I think I told you guys on our trip that I went to like a bourbon tasting and got mm-hmm. super sick. <sighs> yeah, you did say that. Yeah. Yep. Last time for me, it was probably more than five years ago. I thought Steve did say at the trip, like, yep, I'm going to throw up tonight. But I don't think he did. No. No, I didn't. And to quote Danny, you guys were pounding sick beers. Yeah. <laughs> Pound beers. Yeah. Yeah, mine was, I think, six or seven years ago. I can remember the apartment, and it was Jameson. I had, like, half a bottle of Jameson. and. Oh, boy. Tequila. Yeah. I don't go brown no more. Uh, We cut back over to Paul. He's at home with Gene. He's basically standing in the driveway, and he says, Hey, what's that thing up there? She says, That's called PhotoScan. It's how Ron made all of his money. It's to stop shoplifters and people like you. Uh... I wish that we had a security camera expert on this podcast that we could talk to you about this. He'd love this. Back. No, I'm not. Who is it? Steve, you're yeah. in for a treat, buddy. Yeah. Oh, man. I feel who's like. This, who's this fucking guy? Oh. He'll probably introduce himself. Right, I'm going to talk to Brian. guys, and then I'll, I'm going to talk to Tom Cruise, okay? Who's Brian, he always hey, get uh, in here. <laughs> yes, That's my who? assistant, guys. Okay, you know that. Get, uh, Brian get De Palma to, here. What you, thank God. Take forever. Hey, man. Gentlemen. Yeah. I got corona. Oh, shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, but don't worry. It's, you, you know, I'm from another time than you guys. It's not... Uh, it's not gonna affect me at all. It, 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 runny nose. That's it. You know, little uh, drip dripped on my script script. So uh, nothing, yes. nothing, nothing crazy. Uh, well, that'll probably delay it another five years. Then. You know what, Kron? I I thought you respected me as a man, and I I guess tonight I don't have to respect you. As he respects a man. you as a director, not as a man. I believe yeah. is what he said. Yeah. I still uh, think that I could probably kick his ass. Uh, just. Just for Steve's sake, this is... Uh, oh, who's that guy? Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. Look at What's that. Up, buddy? You got Steve. beautiful hair, sir. Thank this you. is a film icon, Brian De Palma. Yeah, Brian De Palma. Skyface, uh, Mission yeah. Impossible 1. They didn't give me the other two of those fucking assholes. But, you know. A lot of, a lot of 70s movies you probably wouldn't like, Steve. Sorry. Yeah, you know, uh, you like... Uh, hey, Steve, you like, uh, you like guys wearing uh, women's clothing? No. Oh, uh, you like video cameras uh, showing right, that, stuff that, you know, voice uh, shit? Your, your first answer ruled out like four movies, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, hey, Kron, uh, I just realized, shut the fuck up. Um, anyway. Gone with the Pope, guys? What the fuck? 
Remember when yeah. I came on last time and I was talking about trash, trash, and more trash? Mm-hmm. Who, who again? You don't, you don't like this movie? I have never seen this movie. It got lost oh, for years. I was looking forward to it. I talked yeah. to the guy one time at some party up in fucking uh, the eastern New Jersey woods, some mansion. It was crazy. Uh, and yeah, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm from Palm Springs or some shit like that. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. I didn't know you did voices. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's, that's a really good Duke Mitchell. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, you know, uh, yeah, I talked to Duke one time. He was from Palm Springs. And I was like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. You know, I didn't believe him. He was talking about this movie, uh, kidnapping the Pope and shit like that. So... Well, did, did you happen to say anything like, hey, you should put a little nod to security camera footage in there? I mean, I feel like that's almost a direct lift from your films. You know, I'm not going to say that the guy copied me, but, you know, I can't I can't I can't keep coming on to the five day Reynolds podcast when every time there's a fucking video camera in the air, you know, like. It's nice. I love you guys. I thought you were way more popular than what, than what you are. You're not, but it's an okay show. I guess that's what people say. It seems to Oh, you're, you're a dick, dude. Hey, Steve, hey Steve, buddy. Steve, be careful, man. Whoa. Hey, it, he, this guy's filming. Do you know who I am? Yeah, We kind of have to. Who I am? We got to walk on eggshells yeah, with he, this he, guy a little there's bit. There's a line yeah, you got to ride. Yeah. Angela. What's his last name, guys? Tell me his last name. He won't have a knock his credit out. You're going to destroy someone's credit? Yeah, I can do that. that. I can do that, guys. Oh, shit. You go digital now, huh? There was a lot of cameras uh, back in the day that caught a lot of information that maybe I shouldn't be part of. But I'm not going to incriminate myself on this podcast where there's been crimes committed and uh, mentioned in past episodes. Because, yeah, I listen to every episode. But anyway, yeah, Tom Cruise, he's calling me again about, he calls me on every mission impossible. Can you believe that guy? He's probably pissed you got corona. Uh, yeah. Guys, corona ain't nothing. It's, I'm still writing. I'm still uh, trying to do the whole uh, Weinstein thing, see if it's going to come to fruition yeah. and shit like that. Talking to some studios. So it's got guess, that far. Yeah, I guess that's the positive is that you're not really actively making any good movies right now that could potentially be shut down because of your yeah, corona you diagnosis. Know, I didn't have a phenomenal, wild, international career of making films and you three dick fucks haven't done nothing. So, uh, you know. Hey, this, uh, yeah, it's like to talk about I, me. Hey, I got some I movies think, that were in film festivals and they're on YouTube now. So shut the fuck up. Uh, okay. All right, let me write you a fucking check right now. Uh, you got you got some guy coming on with the uh, beautiful hair. He used conditioner this morning. I see. Wow, big words. About? I'm talking about four eyes down there. Okay? You know, look at uh, See, you got them started, dude. You guys attack yeah. me. Kron comes in here. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Kron, my ass. Kron and I did not, we did, we, we usually do, we have a fun, we josh back and forth. I can't, I apologize for Steve being a little aggressive. And he, uh, he doesn't honestly, know, he doesn't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's always good to have your move, your new movie in its eighth year rewrites. I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean. Like I said, Scarface 2 is going to be off the charts classic. It's going to be crazy. Uh, I mean, 
By I'm the time about, they make uh, a Wei- the Weinstein movie, we'll have 40 other sexual predators announced in Hollywood, you know? So it won't really I'm be relevant be anymore. I'm thinking about casting um, Tim McGraw, maybe. As Harvey Weinstein? No, as the new Scarface. Oh. Okay. Yeah, because I don't... I don't know if Tim McGraw is going to gain any weight. I don't think the guy's had a carb in 20 years. If he wants to get on my set, he will. I'll tell you that much. It's only craft services is only bread and pasta. That's what to, it always has been. What are you talking about? Tim McGraw you never, up. Have, you, have you never been on a set, a movie set, Cron? You telling me you guys have a movie podcast? You never been in a movie set? Well, now it's different, right? Like, you guys, with all the restrictions, there's not, like, an open crafty table anymore. It's kind of... Yeah, it's, like, full service, you know? Jesus Christ. Hey, at least I can blame my... It's like uh, Lunchables. Me getting drunk on wine and not writing my new script on COVID, right? That's the beautiful thing about it. Anyway, mm-hmm. gentlemen, uh, Tom Cruise, a way more important gentleman than you four, or however many of it is tonight... You don't have to uh, say it like that. ...is waiting for my... Uh, you know, you know, we're going to talk stunts. Bring him with you next time. Uh, I don't know maybe, if he'd want to maybe face to that him. level. I got a uh, huge for us. I got into this in the beginning. I didn't know that it wasn't a successful show. I thought I was reaching it's, out to a younger audience. But here I am. You know, I'm a man of my word. We're, so, we're told hey, by we're, a lot of directors it's an OK show. Yeah, that's what I hear. Uh, I heard, uh, when's Kim coming on the next time? I'd like to talk to him. I hear there's a new uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Yeah, I think he's busy busy doing the Netflix uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Netflix, blow it up your ass, Netflix. And and listen, BDP, I mean, it might not... It might not be perfect, but at least we're putting stuff out, you know? You got, a, mean, you got a pretty mouth that doesn't make any sense when words come out of it, Kron. Uh You already pissed me off in the beginning, so I'm not going to give it to you. Next time, come in with a little more praise. You know, kiss some fucking ground under my feet. Maybe maybe I'll kiss, give it to you. Kiss the ring, no, which this that, movie was originally called. That was true. Uh, Duke Mitchell, if you get a chance, get out to Palm Springs and not. It's fucking hot and terrible, and the, you got to have a pool. You can't swim till fucking 11 p.m. at night. It's crazy. Uh, anyway, guys, I got to go. My assistant. Tom Cruise. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. All right. Yeah. Uh, see you, buddy. You guys take it easy. I'll see you next time around. Love you. Thanks, BDP. And I love Wait. when that guy stops. He can insult me all day long. Yeah. Right? Did uh, I love him coming in? De Palma missed, come in. You missed De Palma. Yeah, oh, I know you yeah, had to. Fuck. You were changing the kid, but yeah, man, he needed a bottle, so I had to go. You guys like? You like him? Who De Palma? Oh, dude, I love De Palma, dude. dude. Yeah, he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, yeah, but, but you gotta you... watch his movies, man. Mm-hmm. He's been with I don't us. Know about that. He's been with us since the beginning. You gotta give him that. It's I mean, kind of like well, when the hot girl in class kind of insults you. It's like, well, at least she at least noticed she, me. Yeah. At least she's talking to yeah. you. I mean, okay. He's a good guy. He really is, Steve. He has it's a very good insight on the business. It's really good for our show. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Never once has he promoted that he's like been on the show, which is very frustrating. Like, yeah. Well. You know, I mean, a I don't man know if he's on Twitter stature. or what. Yeah, he could he could do a lot for us. So, not That's as much as Kim Hinkle. Kim Hinkle could just 
fucking. All right. Paul asked Gene if he can use the boat for a while. He wants to take the guys out and show them the world. Not that it's a huge deal, but this is this scene, which takes place weeks after, was technically one. shot at the same time as the previous conversation because they're in the same they're in the same clothes and they're on the couch in the same exact setup. So I think they had to do some some chopping. What are you going to stop filming for a day to change clothing? I mean. <laughs> Just get it all at once. You're, you're, you know what? You're right. <laughs> uh, so we cut over to Paul and the guys. They're loading up the boat. Uh, pretty damn good that they've drugged this kneeler around everywhere with them because they're going to need it pretty soon. Paul decides to let everyone know that they're going to be going from California to Italy. The boat's taking off. Uh, one of the guys yells, Paul, we're leaving the United States. And Paul yells, people of the United States, judges, cops, all the law, I got something for you. Take this and shove it up your mother's twat. And by that, you mean his, his crotch. Yeah, he's Which grabbing he... his crotch <laughs> real his, aggressively. His penis. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. and the balls. Yeah. Yeah. So a the crotch. Whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're out to see. There's a guys, there's an incredible shot of Paul using a sextant, which is the fucking <laughs> like maritime navigational equipment. That guy, no. he did not know how that thing worked at all. No. Was that a thing in the seventies? I think that was a thing in like the 1400s. Yeah. It's right. when like Spain was exploring Columbus the new here. world. Yeah. Redford uses it in All is Lost, but it's after like all his electronics like go out. Yeah. Right. I was thinking that I was like I would be so fucked on the water, man. Unless yeah. it was like a a GTA style GPS. <laughs> I'm like, where did he learn? Like, how did he know mm-hmm. all this? Again, all you got to do is a conversation with him and the lady. Like, you know, all I thought about while I was on the inside after you was getting out on the water like I did when I was a kid. Blah, I'm going to go. I'd love to do this. Yeah, I'm going to go get a job at a dock <laughs> yeah. or on a boat. Yeah, but he just, I want to go back out on the boat and I want to show the guy some stuff. You know, he could even be showing these dipshits on how to do maritime stuff on hoisting jigs and um tying knots yeah there's such a there's so many knots dude or just even learning what you know north south east and west are called now i mean we gotta rename everything on a boat yeah oh you mean bow stern starboard and port yeah okay What's the poop deck? Who knows? I mean, there's so many mm-hmm. things. Whatever it is, you should be swabbing it. <laughs> you scurvy uh, cur. <laughs> Paul starts horsing around with one of the other guys. Is that uh, a fucking... Sh- wait, is that is scurvy cur bad? Do I need to cut that out? No, I think we can say scurvy cur. Okay. <laughs> I did notice you watched The Lighthouse the other day, so you should be well-versed. What? 
How long have we been on this? What? Rock. I guess I'm going to have to watch The Lighthouse again. I think that's everybody's takeaway okay. from okay. watching The Lighthouse. <laughs> it's better on a second viewing. Okay. I will. Steve, you seen The Lighthouse? No. Okay. I mean, I. Okay. And this isn't a spoiler. This, right. The bird scene. That's worth the movie, right? That's worth the admittance. Like, that was fucking visceral and amazing. But then there's some other shit in it. I was like, ah, what the fuck is this? This is too horny for me. <laughs> I felt like it wasn't horny enough. Yeah, that's. You want to see Pattinson in some horniness? Watch a high life. Like, goddamn. I wish you uh, shit. I wish BDP had directed the lighthouse. Then you would have got a horny film. You would have had side by sides with Defoe beating it up in the lighthouse and Pattinson beating it in the outhouse. So. Mm-hmm. All right, Paul's horsing around with one of these other guys, and his chain falls off and goes into the ocean. Uh, this guy's real upset because his mother gave him that chain. Paul's like, "I'll buy you a thousand more chains." On second viewing, it is so obvious that he is taking the chain off. Like, it doesn't even look like horseplay. I, I understand that the point of the sequence is to lose the chain, but they could have wrestled a little bit more. He just straight right. up takes the thing off and drops it. Hey, Paul, my chain. So what? <laughs> my mother gave me that. I'll buy you another one. But I wanted that one. Uh, these guys are cruising along on the ocean. We get some, you know, more just kind of uh, shots of them tracking their position on a map. They look at some smut mags together. It's a real good time for mm-hmm. these fellas. Uh, and finally, they've made it over to Italy. So we get some beautiful shots of Rome. We see all the sites, the Colosseum, Trevi Fountain, some more fountains, some churches. It's beautiful over there. Uh, one of the guys says, how long are we going to be here in Italy? Paul says, a few weeks. A few weeks? Why so long? And finally, we get to the plot of this film. We're going to snatch the Pope. Um, Paul says it's going to be the biggest challenge in history. One of the guys says, why don't we just snatch somebody like Castro? Paul says, what the fuck is he worth? We'd have they to pay the Cubans take to take him, him back. back. Yeah. A gentleman, uh, the most fucked up <clears throat> national treasure movie ever. <laughs> Paul says once they've got the Pope, they're going to hold him for ransom. They're going to charge a dollar from every Catholic in the world. One of the guys says that's $850 million. Paul's like, I didn't realize it was that much. We'll knock it down to 50 cents. What a guy. Cron. You're talking about 850 million people. And you're not even talking about, and then he drops like two hardcore slurs. And then I thought about it. I was like, shit. Yeah. He, he's racist, but he's got a good point. <laughs> he never gets the money, though. Does this count, Shh. Bones? That's a spoiler. Yeah, you can't do that. No, he gets the money from the beginning. You don't uh, think this counts? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you're right. Well, because I had to, I had this internal conversation, okay, but he okay. he got he, I gotcha. I he gotcha. was desperate for the money in the beginning. 
If you're saying one of the criteria is desperate for money, I would say kidnapping the Pope for ransom is pretty desperate. I'm just trying to bring Steve back next week. What? What? It's a new category next week. Uh, yeah, but if you would have disqualified Kron's pick, we would have stopped right here, and then he would have redone it next week. Wait, you don't you don't think this movie this, represents desperation for it money? It counts. I'm just kidding. Relax. Let him. Josh. How is this not desperate? Well, uh, to be fair, they don't need to be desperate. They no. could just mooch off fucking Barbie, the rich girl, and be fine. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't say anything about the motivations of the characters. No, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I think this counts. They discuss a suitcase full of $100,000 at the beginning he of the movie. He has the suitcase. It instantly it qualifies. Counts. Yes, it's you fine. You see him with the suitcase. Mm-hmm. These people are both desperate for money, and they get money. <laughs> I was just fucking That's... with you, Kron. Oh, man. You, <laughs> you got under his skin tonight, damn. Yeah. He's he's normally Teflon. He's like, I'm this not doing bitch. this over again. <laughs> this this just killed the vibe. Yeah, it's it's good to discuss this an hour and a half into the record. That just was like, the joke. Just like Duke Mitchell doesn't get to the plot until forty minutes into this movie. <laughs> All right. Uh, we now get a montage of Paul dressing up like a priest. He travels through Italy and meets with, I don't know, I guess the guy who's in charge of setting the Pope's schedule. Uh, the today. receptionist at the Vatican, I guess. <laughs> I immediately take back everything I said about everything looking pretty good because I forgot about the tex mess restaurant that they are shooting as the Vatican, this like dark wine cellar. Yeah brick wall that was pretty rough looking yeah. uh, Paul wants to arrange a meeting with the Pope because he's traveling with a very wealthy man this man has arranged to contribute $50,000 to whatever charity the Pope chooses and that's only the tip of the iceberg as long as this man can meet with the Pope the Pope's handler says he'll see what he can do uh, Paul hatches his entire plan for this kidnapping on the back of a hotel napkin uh, that's got a little map of Italy on it. It looks like the map from Six Flags, like with the exaggerated roller coaster rides <laughs> and like layout. It has to be like where the Vatican is from where your hotel is when you actually go to Italy. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the only thing like actually with a, like a big star on it is like. Hotel, whatever. Yeah. Like, so obviously just where they were staying at to film this. I laughed so hard because they they drew like a line. And they were like, yeah, we're going to go over here. And then he did like two circles and then ended up at like the Vatican or something. Well, that's those crazy Roman roundabouts that they got to go through, you know. <laughs> Damn communists. Mm-hmm. It's like, this, this movie cannot be serious. Dead serious, bro. Dead serious, Steve. This movie's, here. this movie's telling a story. We've talked an hour and 30 minutes about Teaching this. a lesson. Yeah. Yes, we have now been here longer than been it took you time. to watch the movie. This, the stove's hot. Quit putting your hand on it. Uh, guys, I think this would be a good time to take a pre pee break before we move into the next 
equally disturbing part of this film. <laughs> All right. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, where we left off, um, these guys have finally decided to kidnap the Pope after 40 minutes of dicking around. 48 days on open water. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, it's time for another real weird scene. We get a brief little lead-in of uh, Paul and one of his buddies at a, I don't know, an Italian bar, cafe kind of thing. There's a, a man with a beautiful white silk shirt playing the Spanish guitar for everyone. And him and his buddy are basically talking... Um, his buddy's kind of like, oh, you know, I wish I could get a girl while I'm over here. Uh, and then Paul jokes around with the bartender about, you know, what kind of car that he wants. So this other guy, he's just like, well, that's enough for me. I'm going to uh, go back to the room and get some sleep. Uh, Paul goes outside. Apparently it's broad daylight, so I don't know <laughs> when. This guy must have not acclimated to the... <laughs> to the time shift yet so he's he's still on u.s time when he's sleeping well he can't take all that drinking anymore (laughs) that's true too old man uh paul sees a very large woman walking a little dog and he goes over and introduces himself and the two strike up a conversation she apparently agrees to go home with him and he leads her up to the room where his buddy's sleeping Paul starts to take off this lady's clothes. Uh, she gets naked and hops in the bed. And after, do you well, want to? Sh- sorry. So this is. There's no dialogue in this. No. They're miming this basically, and it comes pretty obvious. This woman will take her own damn clothes off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do want to stress that this is a big woman. Like she is obese. A very large lady. <laughs> Does not seem very Italian to me. So I was going to ask, is this an American lady? She could be visiting Italy. They're visiting Italy. That's true, Kron. Good point. I saw other tourists when I was in Italy, Dan. How was the octopus? This is fucking delicious. This woman (laughs) for the 70s is very large. Yeah. She's got cool glasses, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this lady, she gets naked. She hops into bed. Uh, Paul's friend wakes up, and they start undressing this lady some more. And after a while, they just decide to steal her clothes and leave. Well, after, so I guess there's two twin-size beds pushed together in this hotel room, yeah. and she falls between them. <laughs> Isn't that... Uh, is that what a king size is? It's two two twins yeah. put together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In so. dimension, usually, and then your <clears throat> box mattresses are like two twin box mattresses, so you can move. Uh, them. That's right. Yeah. But, and this is back in the time where even like you know couples didn't sleep in the same bed; they had two twins right next to each other, hmm. which we should consider going back to. Wow. 
Oh, I think it's going to go that way. I think I think we're a few years away from most adults going like, nope, old people got it right. You should have a separate bed and a separate Scientifically room. Scientifically and... sleep better if you're in your own bed with that, yeah. your partner. Hmm. Well, uh, just show your wives this scene of the movie and make that be your opening argument. Okay. See, babe, I want this big fat woman to split our beds apart. Is that too much to ask? I thought Kron was going to have way better knowledge in that situation considering the gems that he's been giving us here lately. I, um, I think the thing that made me the most uncomfortable about this, like, I kind of get the joke, right? Let's so in, I think in Duke Mitchell's mind, this is hysterical. I in agree with him. I agree with him to a point that this is kind of funny. Where it stops being funny to me is like Paul also starts getting undressed, like he's gonna get in on this. If it was just hey, go get in bed with my friend, I think that's funny, but then it starts to become. I don't want to say the R word, but it does start to get like too aggressive with the lady. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, that's sort of the bummer is like I kind of get the joke and the Gosh. the shock value of having this big naked woman is real funny, but then it it crosses a line of then being like, oh, we're no longer laughing at the big fat woman. We're like really laughing at the big fat woman. So this yeah. this wonderful I, lady could crush both of these dudes beat the fuck out of them oh she there's no way that. they're there's no way they're holding that door closed yeah no duke nope. duke mitchell she looks like him. he's 98 pounds i mean i'd say 78 pounds she she could tuck each one of them underneath a boob oh yeah she's done she could she could kill him dude yeah they know that that's why they're running <laughs> uh so they run off with her clothes. They try to hold the door closed, but she essentially tears the door right off of its hinges. And that's kind of where this scene ends. So not sure why it was included. Uh, but I guess without it, we would be looking at a 76-minute a long movie. So <laughs> it's, you, you got to use what you have, you know? I just well, We add... Uh... Well, we had the big lady, and we had, uh, what's his name, pulling a piece of loose skin off of his, uh, and spitting it out off of his hand. Yeah, yeah. That's enough. Well, and you could definitely cut out all the racist shit in this movie. And no, it's, you gotta keep that. 76, man, come on. Now you're down to, like, 50 minutes, so. What, what are the conversations had between the production company that's paying to restore this and the editors that you're bringing in. Like who, who is the person that's like, no, we got to keep the racist call girl scene in. No, hey, we uh, got to keep the, we're, we're trying to, to put stitch together your dad's final project here. Was he really this racist? Yep. Yeah. That was, that was Duke. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now Damn were there, it. were there four scenes originally? And they were like, well, we got to show him as a little bad. Like, we can't sugarcoat it too much. So we'll cut three of the racist scenes. We'll cut two of the large fat women rape scenes, and we'll just do the one. I did read that there was a lot of dialogue cut that didn't even, like, go along with the film. So 
Yeah, well, but I would have maybe thought about putting that in instead of like if you're trying to bad time. Maybe <laughs> oh shit, maybe we have a boring dialogue sequence and we avoid the the racism. I I bet Duke Mitchell though on set was like, I'm just gonna start shooting my third movie too. <laughs> I, I already this. got the I already got the camera. I'm gonna in the do film, this Back so. to the Future style. <laughs> yeah. The, the Italian rapists. But Karan, uh, I do applaud you for going to Italy. Thank you. Yeah, this is a you know, fucking uh, foreign film, dude. You know, I love to bring this Five Day Rentals podcast to Italy. So, mm-hmm. glad you, was on my you, team. You and Rach ever talked about going to Italy? Uh, I think if if Europe was on the the table, it would be Germany or Spain. I think, or uh, maybe one of the you know Amsterdam or something like that. Well, sometimes Germany is in Italy. And you could just knock them both out at once. That's true. Little movie called Is Steve Flossing Right Now? <laughs> yeah, man, I have I have something on my teeth. It's bugging the hell out of me. Sorry. Did I just fuck? <laughs> hey, we, <laughs> we we can wait while you do that. I mean, yeah, it's this, all right. It's all right. This, this seems more important, so. No, this is fucking awkward now. I say go ahead and floss, dude. Get it out, buddy. All right, we cut over to this Pope scene. Uh, I'm trying to give you a little a, a little time here. To yeah, you, you, you. I'm good. We'll, I'm good. we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, we got this. Don't worry, dude. I can. Yeah. I can gloss over three minutes for you so you can <laughs> pick out the dinner from your teeth. You got a fucking brush next? Wow. <laughs> wow. You, We're going to hear a water have, pick in a little bit. Do you yeah. just have floss at your work desk? I do. <laughs> okay. What we didn't is see that, is... Is that weird? Is it Steve's That's wife... Some weird- is a dentist and she came in and she's like you need to fuck floss <laughs> she tossed it at me don't forget Just, tonight yeah were you uh, fucking do this were you eating some popcorn out of a pond with some koi fish mm-hmm. and got I a wish. kernel stuck <laughs> all right so the pope comes into this private meeting uh everyone's kissing his ring Paul walks up and whispers to the Pope, and he shows him he's got a gun. The Pope walks back into a room with Paul and the guys, uh, and they basically swap outfits with the fake millionaire. So the Pope is now dressed like their buddy, and their buddy is dressed like the Pope. Uh, This guy who's in the Pope outfit now, Paul tells him, uh, I left a custodian's outfit for you at the gate. Here's your ticket. You be on that plane by 7.30. I don't know how they expect a guy who is <laughs> implicated in the kidnapping of the Pope to just <laughs> walk away and switch outfits, but mm-hmm. apparently that's the plan. It seems like that is the one guy you would lock down. <laughs> Not let him leave your sight. Mm-hmm. 
the other guys, they all get onto a boat. Um, they give the Pope some priest clothes, a Bible, and a statue of the Virgin Mary. And the guys on the boat hear a radio bulletin come over detailing the crime. I think at this point, th- this is when we actually figure out that the other guys are named Peter and Luke. I don't think they're ever called that through the right. course of this film up until now. Yeah. Um, but they're kind of like warming up to the Pope. They're bringing him some wine. They're chit-chatting with him. The Pope just seems like such a sweet little guy. Mm-hmm. This essentially just turns, turns into a hangout movie. Yeah, hanging out with the Pope. He's just dude. laying in a king-size bed on a boat, just drinking chilling wine. and reading. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he's drinking some wine. He requests a little brandy if they got any. <laughs> he's cool. He's hanging out. I mean, that's he's what he'd be fun. doing at the Vatican. <laughs> I don't think he's filling out fucking tax forms and shit. I think he's just sitting around because reading and factor. yeah, <laughs> counting gold bars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't be uh, touching the kids no more, huh? <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm taking that and do a crossword. Fourteen Hail Marys for you. Fourteen down. Uh, the Pope goes up to talk to Paul. And Paul gets real serious with this guy. Uh, Why are you avoiding me? Paul says he's not going to talk to the Pope because he isn't a hypocrite. Uh, Paul used to be a Catholic, but now all he believes in is puppies and little kids. They only kiss, they don't rob. And as we've seen, Paul loves Loves kissing. kissing. (laughs) But he also loves robbing. It's very confusing. Yeah. Paul says he stopped being a Catholic because like there the are bird starving robin? people. What? Like the bird oh. robin? 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 Bird? robin? What the fuck? <laughs> you gotta listen to last week. Yeah, you gotta listen to old Henry, dude. All right. Uh, Paul says he stopped being a Catholic because there are starving people all over the all over the world. They bring their last quarter to the church, and the church takes it. Paul says, remember the Jews? In World War II, Mussolini controlled Italy, and you controlled Mussolini. Six million Jews, that's a lot of weight to carry. You pick stupid things, abortion and divorce. You want children to be born ignorant and poor, so another nut like Hitler can come and gas them. You do masses every Sunday... How many black faces do you see in your church? You play this nice holy game, but you don't want it to work. You don't want to work on the big stuff because as soon as you make everything right, you're out of business. We So was that <clears throat> was that part about Mussolini true? Yeah. Yeah. To an was, extent, I mean He was on Hitler's side. Yeah. Well, I, okay. Uh, I mean, the the Pope controlling Mussolini, that that portion. Yeah, the the Catholic Church was quite complicit in a lot of World War II. A lot of a lot of Americans didn't like that JFK was the president because they felt the Pope would control his agenda. Mm-hmm. That's why they didn't want JFK to be president because he was a Catholic. 
Wow. We, we've talked on this show about like the guys that write this dialogue or write great shit, and then you can tell, like, oh, this is it. Like, Duke Mitchell went and got drunk after writing this monologue. Yeah. <laughs> like, it weighed I on fucking him pretty did. hard. He's not uh, wrong. No, no. But it's absolutely something that we would have drunkenly yelled at some Catholic girl when we were 18 at a party on a porch, because she'd be like, you guys are atheists? And we'd be like, wait, what the fuck are you, Catholic? You know, <laughs> and we would just jump her and, what about fucking World War Two? What about fucking, you know. Mussolini? You remember yeah. that guy? Kron, do you get Neil Breen vibes from Duke Mitchell? I mean. Like, you know what I mean. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like there. There's a lot of stuff that you could cut out of this movie, but um, Duke Mitchell's dialogue writing is what drew me back to picking this movie. I mean, his dialogue is just so off the wall. Yeah, I mean, very Neil Breen. Um, I'll get to it at the end um, whenever we're kind of going through reviews, but um, like my perfect version of this movie would just be him and his wife in a drama together. Like if you just had that part of the film, like cut all this Pope shit out and just give me an hour and a half drama. Mm-hmm. But Duke Mitchell writes all the dialogue for it. Like that would be my perfect version of this thing. And it's interesting. Cause he's not terrible. No, he kind of knows his avenue and he sticks to it and then especially later we'll get to it when the gang and the pope basically say like now we're done and he has his little breakdown and finally submits like that scene like he's actually pretty good in that Mm -hmm. and it well i think he's like in that sense of um neil breen or tommy wiseau like the dude is taking big swings Mm -hmm. and I don't think they all land, but it's something, you know? Like, the guy is trying. Mm-hmm. So, I think he is kind of like... I don't think he's doing it as good as, you know, Tommy Wiseau, but uh, maybe the the godfather <laughs> before, like, to lead into that movement. Don Calion. Steve, are you familiar with Neil Breen? No. Why did I'm you do this? The worst I can't believe you did this. I can't believe you committed suicide. How could you have committed suicide? <laughs> what? I'll send you the scene. Alright. He's he's like a He's like in Vegas, right? He's like a real estate guy he's, in Vegas. He's a Las Vegas realtor that has funded like I don't know, six or seven yeah. independent films. And in his movies, he is always the world's biggest badass. He's like a Steven Seagal type. I'm the best hacker. Like, okay. they can't like, hack my systems. He'll have like four laptops open that he's all he's working on all of them simultaneously. You, yes, you would love it. Neil Breen. Yeah, I'll send you some shit. Yeah, I can't. You probably invited the worst possible person to this podcast to talk about movie stuff. <laughs> what? I don't I don't think Neil Breen is like a household name. Yeah. So it's okay. like a 
It's for us yeah. hardcore dudes. Yeah. I bet BDP doesn't even know. This guy? That's yep. Neil Breen. <laughs> All right. All right, where are we on this thing? Um, so the Pope goes to talk to Peter after Paul's dramatic monologue. Uh, Peter tells him that he's going to try to catch a fish for him. The Pope says he would prefer a cod. Uh, Peter instantly runs down to the Pope's cabin. He's got a fish. Uh, he starts cleaning it, and guys, he finds the necklace that he lost oh, inside sh- of this fish. Shit. It's a goddamn miracle. All right, Peter and Luke are now firmly on the Pope's side. That's you uh, end episode five of the sh- of the miniseries, right, on this scene. Yep. Gutting the fish, like... Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you don't show what it is until the next episode. Yeah. The next episode. Boom! 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 Yeah. Uh, Did you get that reference, Steve? Oh yeah. Okay, fine. I was trying to. It's like I got to find something to keep this guy engaged. Who me? Yeah. Yeah, put put that floss down and <laughs> it's coming back out. Uh, the Pope tells Paul that these three they're getting off the boat. He says, "Paul, you can come with us." Paul's not going. He says, "Get out then. Get out of here. You feed him. You give up your luxuries. Me, I'll scheme. I'll kill. I shot seven guys for you. You take care of these guys then. Go home." Say your fucking prayers. Uh, you're all at peace, I guess. And then he says, Your holiness, come here. If anything happens to them, I'll kill 100 priests for each of them. That will be my way of evening the score for the Jews. We're talking real tears here, too. Mm-hmm. He is amped up. I love how he's so against like the Catholic thing. But he still calls him your holiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he's, I mean, he seems like an Italian guy, right? So he's kind of ingrained in him. Well, let's think about it. Like, if you kidnap the Pope, his his name would be just the Pope to you, right? So how would you address him? Pope. Would you ask him for his actual name? Yeah, because I'm such an atheist that you're not on a pedestal. You're still Bob to me. I don't have to call you Pope. You're just Bob. Hey, Bob. Yeah, but I mean, I call. I, I don't. I think I would have a problem saying, "Hey, the Pope." Yeah. Like to him, I, I have no problem it's, saying, "Hey, Pope," because that'd be just easier than saying Francis or whatever the fuck he is. But is that the Pope's yeah. name right now? What's the Pope's name right now? Is it Francis? There was a Francis recently. I don't know if that's still... Didn't he step down or something? No, it's still Francis. Benedict was the last Benedict one. stepped down. Okay. And Francis took over. Mm-hmm. Why do we know? Well, who gives a shit? I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just, the fuck I just wondered if this? anybody knew the Pope's first yeah, name. I, I, I barely know anything. It's just passing passive information. I enjoy when they pick a new Pope. I think it's kind of interesting. 
I think Catholics are very interesting. It's mumbo jumbo, but it's yeah. it's, it's interesting. Well, it's because it's got pageantry and flair, man. Yeah, it's like QAnon. I think mm-hmm. it's fucking hysterical, but I'm not going to join it. Hmm. Take that, Catholic listeners. <laughs> You're on the same level as QAnon, man. Your your ratings in Iran just went up. Hell yeah. <laughs> We're not getting play in Europe anyway, dude. I mean... We ain't getting Italy downloads. I don't know. Having Pope in the title <clears throat> might help. It's true. Yeah. Oh, it's true. We we take back everything we just said. We were with Ciao. this. We were with this till an hour and fifty eight in. <laughs> uh, Paul gives the Pope his weird coat so he doesn't get cold out there. Uh, kind you, of a weird. I want you to like, have this. Even though you don't agree with the the pattern or whatever, the artwork because I think because yeah. I think it's got like a it's like a map of the world, but then it's got like a lady in a bikini on it or something. Oh, okay, I didn't see that too. I was like, yeah. why is he angry about that? I think there's like a woman on the back of it. Okay, so uh, the Pope tells Paul that Christmas is coming up. And on Christmas Eve, he wants Paul to light a candle for them. And these three, they get off the boat. Paul sails his boat home. Gene greets him at the dock. And guys, he couldn't be happier after this ordeal. Like, these two run down the dock. Paul seems giddy, almost. He's kind of, like, skipping around. The way he runs is very, like, I don't know, it was very funny to me. (laughs) Does he have the yeah, denim I'm, jumpsuit on? He has like a one-piece, like yeah. coveralls. I wrote down, I was like, Kron's got to get one of these. Oh, dude, I would love Yeah, I was talking to Frances the other day, and I was like, what if I bought overalls? And she was like, you don't need to get overalls. I, and I was like, they look pretty comfortable. I had the same conversation at work, because I was wearing uh, gray dickies, a gray shirt, and a gray sweatshirt. And I was like, fuck, I should just wear like fucking coveralls like a mm-hmm. just a jumpsuit like bottle rocket style i was like god damn i gotta look into those just buy yeah. five gray jumpsuits mm-hmm. you telling me that's not simple just <laughs> throw one thing on you're ready to go the tricky part is taking the dump right yeah yeah that's priority because you got to roll everything down It's like a giant bed sheet on the ground. Maybe while I'll, you're taking a shit. Maybe I'll put a a hook on the wall at work, and I'll just take it off totally. Walk to the bathroom. No, I mean I'll get yeah. <laughs> Not walk through work naked. You ever, Kron, you, ever you ever take a dump with only a shirt on? It feels. Yeah. It feels, it feels strange. It feels worse than being totally naked. Somehow. Yeah. I don't know if I have. Yeah, maybe. What What did you say, Dan? I'm trying to decide if I've took a dump with just a shirt on. Well, you know, like you're warming the shower up and you realize, like, I should probably just go now. Yeah, you know, and you're like, off. yeah, you take off everything. 
Yeah. Including like your underwear too, right? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. shirt, my shirt's always the last thing I take off. Because I start from the bottom and work up. So then I'm Donald ducking it and realize, ah, oh, shit, I should probably take a poop. Donald <laughs> <laughs> ducking it? That's pretty, that's pretty good. I don't, um, I, I think I take shirt off first. Maybe that's why. Last thing that goes to socks. That's how I do it. Socks last. I don't wear socks in my house, dude. Yeah, what is that? Fuck that. Huh. It's 61 degrees down here right now. What am I, in church? I gotta wear socks? I mean... Yeah, I, I pay a little extra money to keep it tempered in here so I don't have to wear socks. My feet get hot, man. Um... All right. <clears throat> I feel like I'm being attacked. For what? For wearing socks? No, I just don't want to wear yeah, socks we in just... my house. But I like wearing socks. That's fine, dude. Wear socks then. Love socks. Why are you why are you attacking me? I'm not I'm literally not. I just don't want to wear them in my house. Do you get hardwood floors or carpet? Uh both. Yeah, I, I can't really do socks on a hardwood floor. I feel like I'm just swiffering. Yeah. All right, on the ride home, Gene lets Paul know that they killed Giorgio. Oh, by the way. <laughs> BT dubs, he dead. I know we were just skipping down the dock together, but Giorgio's dead. <laughs> Uh, at home, the couple decorates a tree. They see a news report that the Pope was returned. Two men, Luke and Peter, found the Pope and returned him safely. The $126 million ransom was never paid, but will be distributed to crippled children across the world, regardless of race, nationality, or religion. Also, Luke and Peter can stay in the Vatican as long as they want. Free room and board. Uh, but guys, this shit isn't over yet. <clears throat> Paul arrives back in Vegas and starts getting some revenge for Giorgio. He kills one guy at a horse track. Uh, and I was saying on Thunderbolt and Lightfoot that all these 70 songs suck. This uh, one. But this song is Jackknife Don't You Think Twice, and it's, it's pretty <laughs> it's good. A banger. What do they say now? It slaps? Yeah, it slaps. Also, his hat is fucking cool. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of reviews on Letterboxd um, that were well about this one, and <clears throat> not so much on the movie, but everyone's like, "This fucking soundtrack is amazing." So, I would say for a '70s movie, it's it's. Punching above. One, it's punching up. Yeah. One of them kicks in and it, it sounds like a fucking Rolling Stones riff. Yeah. Um, I know what you're talking about. It, did you take notes on his gun lighter? No. It, okay. It was like a little Derringer yeah. gun lighter, though. But like, yeah. So it's one of those like torch lights. 
you know, because I was thinking of the exact type of person that we all know that would all that would definitely have this type of lighter. And so the first time I watched it, I didn't realize that that's what he shot the guy with. Yeah. But I guess it doesn't make a sound either. Or did he time it up with the gunshot of the race? That would have been maybe cool. I don't know. Yeah. No, I think he, I thought he timed it with like the crowd because it's like the horses are coming around the last stretch and everybody kind of like, you know, goes into a fervor and that's when he shoots the guy. Yeah. It, uh, you guys seen The Killing, right? Kubrick's The Killing? Oh, yeah. I just watched that this month. Fucking dope. Hell yeah, dude. It's a good flick. Kind of wish he would have uh, made more of those. I do, too. Get away from the, some of that, uh, other genius s- stuff other that he was long-winded doing. Long winded shit. Yeah. There's also Killer's Kiss, but it's not as good. Mm hmm. And don't watch Fear and Desire. It's terrible. Yeah, you can skip that one. Uh, We cut over to Paul. He's arriving at the head mobster's house. I wrote head mobster because this is like the last guy he kills. I mean, I don't know if he's in charge of anything, but uh, we'll say head mobster. Uh, He rings the bell, shoots this guy through the door. His wife runs and hides in the closet. Uh, Paul goes over and he looks in the closet. Apparently he doesn't see her because he leaves. Um, she emerges from the closet, opens another door in the house, but Paul's right there, and he shoots her dead. They did an interesting thing with her breasts here. <laughs> yeah, with the, the pillow? Yeah, so instead of using the pillow to cover the breasts, they're pushing the breasts like... up so the nipples are popping up over the pillow. <laughs> I had a thought while I was watching it. I was like, they were probably behind the camera. I was saying, oh, show some nip. Yeah. Just pop pop, pop a nip over that pillow for us. The hey. only, two thing, only two things I trust are little kids and puppies. And baby, I want to see those puppies. <laughs> right? Hey, li- listen. You know what kind of movie you're in, right? Yeah. <laughs> you want to ride home or not? Yeah. This is how it Uh, starts, baby. Paul takes Gene up to a ski lodge. Uh, He performs one more hit by beating a guy's head in with a telephone. Whoa. In slow motion. Mm -hmm. And by slow motion, I mean Duke Mitchell is moving slow. (laughs) Right. I guess they didn't know how to shoot in slow motion, so they act in slow motion. It's incredible. It looks beautiful. Uh, We cut back to Paul and Gene at home. Gene says, amazingly, imagine the mysteries of fire. It (laughs) saves lives. It keeps people warm. Then again, it destroys forests and kills people. Amazing dialogue. I mean, <laughs> now you know why they're together because they're both so goddamn deep. Mm-hmm. Paul There's says, not a, lot, "Not a lot going on upstairs with her or or Paul." There's too much, dude. They can't they can't even formulate these ideas. <laughs> they're thinking so fast. 
Paul says, you know something? I promised a guy I'd light a candle for him. You believe that me? I'm lighting a candle on Christmas Eve. <laughs> and I'm going to light the biggest candle this guy's ever seen. Paul goes down to the church. He lights his candle. But as he's leaving, the wind inside the church picks up. Oh, no. All these candles, they go out and come back on. An orchestra blares. The statue's eyes start to glow. The lights start flashing, and Paul flees from the church. The end. <laughs> it's the power of the Lord. So what was it? Was it God or? I think it was God, right? Who the fuck knows, man? It was the Pope. God or Satan. Oh, that'd have been badass, dude. Yeah. I've been watching you, Paul. Uh, You're pretty sign, awesome. Sign here. You're pretty awesome. New yacht. That could have been the third movie. Fuck yeah, mm-hmm. dude. Gone with the devil. Yeah. Uh, that is Gone with the Pope from 1976-2010 by Duke Mitchell. Uh, Dan, hit, hit us with some further research. Oh, Cron Howard. I think we kind of mostly got it there. Um This new version of the film, like I said, um, I don't know what the company was that came in and decided to do it. Grindhouse Film. Grindhouse Film. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, It took about 15 years to complete this new version of it. Like I said, they had to go through some negatives to find a lot of the missing stuff. 15 Um, years? Well, You can't rush art. Yeah, dude, it's a passion project. Holy shit. Um, like I said, they had a, a lack of script and a loose plot. I guess nothing was written down. They didn't have anything to go off of. So that was a, uh, a hurdle they had to jump as well. Apparently, uh, Duke had shot it for around 35K. And uh, it was less than what he made his other one for. I guess he was in a film called The Executioner as well. I didn't well, look that up. 35K, but you see every dollar up there on the screen. <laughs> so Literally. <laughs> uh, Duke did actually request a meeting with the Pope, and I guess they got back to him and said, absolutely not. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, they did interview his son and they said that they think that he was kind of going through a uh, religious crisis here, but you think? he, he never really was religious. I think he was quoted saying only on like when he got on small planes or some shit, like that's when he prayed or something. But I mean, other than that, yeah, it was all shot on uh 35 millimeter it did get a premiere in 2010. Like Kron said, it did open up at the Hollywood Egyptian Theater down there in California. And yeah, found in his parking garage whenever they showed up to ask him about Massacre Mafia style. So 
that's really it, man. Like, not a lot. Uh, do you guys have any closing thoughts before we move into everybody's favorite game? <laughs> Steve? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Okay. I got nothing. Cool. I say we jump into it, man. All right. Well, let's do everybody's favorite game. America's my letterbox. favorite game. I said everybody. America? We have listeners in Iran, dude. Oh, shit. That's right. And India. Mm-hmm. Rate my box. Dan, why don't you go first? Uh, gentlemen, the letterboxed user rating for this film, Gone with the Pope, directed by Duke Mitchell, is at a 3.3 at the time of this review. Um, like I said, I did watch about 15 minutes of this the next day that Kron announced it on our last old Henry episode or old Henry episode. And I was like, Oh, oof. but as we, as I went through and, uh, checked it out, I did watch it twice. Um, I'm going, I'm going with the two, a two cause it, I mean, it was entertaining enough. It got me through. I didn't, I didn't want to turn it off or anything like that. But right. yeah, yeah, I think it's two. There was some funny shit in there that, and like I said, Dan, I, I uh, think we we uh, usually uh, guess each other's scores on this <laughs> on this game. Oh shit! That's but right. I fucked that you one just up. you just gave yours away. <laughs> yeah, I know. Two point What the fuck? Um, I, was, I was trying right. to tell you this. I was wondering why you guys were laughing at me. Is this like the fourth, fourth time this has happened? I always do this shit. All right. Uh, I'm going with uh, <laughs> Steve. I'm going with a with a one. I'm going with Kron, uh 2.5. I'm going with Bones, a two. <laughs> you guys get free points tonight. <laughs> I'm going to give Dan a 2.0. I don't know, man. That's a good guess, and dude. I'm gonna good give, guess. I'm going to give Kron a 2.5. We give him Stevie. Oh, apologies. Steve's a 1. All right. Steve, you want to take a crack? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give 2s across the board. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give Dan a two. That seems like a surefire bet. I can still change it. That's probably a a silent hand of blackjack I could win. (laughs) Uh, Steve, I'm going to give you a two as well. Bones, I'm going to go 2.5. Guys, I'm a two on this. Please, please continue your your review. Uh, I was just saying, I I, I enjoyed it a, a little more than uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the Next Generation. So, yeah, I got a two there. So there's some entertaining stuff here. I think there's a, I think there's a decent movie there if you had some more time and more money, especially for seventy six. So, 
two for me. I uh, there's some real problematic stuff in this. Obviously, uh, there's a lot of problematic stuff in a lot of the movies that we watch. I don't know if this is any worse. I think it's just so dense in those particular parts that makes it so egregious. Uh, it's amazing how just shooting something on film and it like just remote, there's like slightly knowing how to shoot it, how cool it can look. Um, I think whatever score I do announce, it is highly uh, to the credit of the people that edited this and salvaged it because it is still quite watchable. Um, I think some of the montage stuff towards the end looks really good, especially at the racetrack. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the Pope shit is just so weird that you have to kind of smile at it. Um, but I wanted to think about what we've watched already that I could compar- like put comparable to this. And to me, it sits right around nothing but trouble in terms of like being chaotic but watchable and fun but not good. But I don't know. It's kind of like it's not a thought as well. Yeah, it's not a good movie, but it doesn't suck if that makes sense. Um, so I am I'm with Dan. I'm at a two for this. Right on. You want me to go? Yes, please. Yeah. All right. I gave this a one. I wanted to turn it off so bad. I hated this movie. <laughs> um, just everything. Uh, the the black prostitute scene, the um, the overweight woman scene. It was just so crazy awkward and the dialogue the dialogue is what kept me going <laughs> just the off the wall crazy shit that Kron's talking about that's what kept kept me like oh there, there's gotta be more here <laughs> we gotta wait wait it out so yeah I hated that movie <laughs> alright harsh rebuke <laughs> um <laughs> Listen, this movie is extremely problematic. Like, we, we did gloss over uh, the black prostitute, the stuff with the heavy lady. Um, like, it's very uncomfortable. It's very exploitative um, and not in a way that is entertaining in any way. Like, it's just mean. Yeah. Um, and it's like there are so many exploitation movies out there that still hold up and are entertaining. Um but I don't know, man. Like, this movie is bonkers. Like, it is off the wall. Like, the whole idea of kidnapping the Pope, that's a good idea for a movie. Like, that that could work if you gave it a budget, if you gave it, you know, some time to go over the script and actually hire people that are competent. Um, but I don't know, man. Duke Mitchell writes crazy dialogue. I really do wish, like, he had just made a drama movie that was him coming out of prison and having to reassimilate into life and you know this crazy blonde lady is like 
that whole opening of the movie is like what I remembered from 10 years ago. Cause I was just like, this dialogue is nuts. Like these characters are insane. Um, <laughs> the guy who made this is obviously like dealing with a lot in his life that he's trying to work out. And I don't know, man, like there are parts of this to me that are super entertaining and there are parts of it that are like offensive and rude. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm going to give this a 2.5. Like, I was entertained by it. It just kind of, you know, like, I was, like I've said through this whole thing, if you cut out all the bad shit from this movie, you'd end up with, like, a 45-minute film. Um, <laughs> and I think those 45 minutes would be super entertaining. So um, half good, half bad, let's call it a 2.5. Um, let's see, Gone with the Pope would have an average rating from the four of us of 1.88. It would land at number 43 on the big list out of 49 films. Uh, It would be right below Robot Jocks at 42 and right above Maximum Overdrive at 44. You guys, Karani Picks. This is a bottom-of-the-barrel movie, guys. You guys are rating this above Maximum Overdrive? Yeah. That's right. Maximum Overdrive had a 1.85. This has a 1.88. Don't you get me wrong. Really watch it. That that's, with your, that's with your score included, Steve. Like, if anything <laughs> is tanking this movie, mm-hmm. it's your one. This probably yeah. would have been a 30 or something. Uh, now, and then our Rate My Letterboxd, we, we do keep track of those. Uh, Dan and I both finished tonight with a 2. And Kron, you got a 1.5. All right, guys, it's a tight race. Bones would be in the lead with a 5. I would have a 4.5. And Dan, right behind with a 4. Rigged. Still early. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, that is Gone with the Pope. It is number 43 out of 49 movies that we've watched. It was an adventure. Uh, you've never seen anything quite like it. Uh, just real quick, guys, would would you tell people to watch this movie? Depends who it is. The... What did you say? What? Uh yeah, so I was going to say I would tell the right people to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. To depend who it is, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, that's all I got to say about that. Bones? Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, I think you'd have to feel the person out. This isn't like after a job interview, you know. Oh, it says here you like movies. Yeah, I do movie podcast. Well, what's the last movie you watched? You know what movie I loved? Gone with the Pope. You should check it out. Gone it's on Tubi. The... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think you're getting a call back the next day. Yeah, that's uh, cold note. Or if you do get a call back, that's probably not a place you want to work. <laughs> hey, uh, I watched it. I fucking loved it, bro. You're on the team. You and I connected a whole new level. Finally, exactly somebody says the things about. I've been thinking. Hey, 
you are welcome to come and join our team. We're the bar from Green Room, and we'd love to have you here. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'd say watch it regardless of your race, gender, or creed. Wait. Yeah. Much like Duke Mitchell would. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, we're going to take a break here. We're going to go uh, get a little night shower in. And when we come back, we're going to roll for a new category. And Dan is going to be telling us what well, we've got to find a movie that fits. All right. Uh, as always, crash and burn. Crash and burn. Knuckle and skull, baby. Well, hell, guys, you caught me in between sips of sweet tea. Just want to tell you about Five Day Rentals Podcast. Obviously, you know about them. But the thing that they're lacking is some reviews on that Apple Podcast apps. There's Spotify. You can also get on there. They got that now. Give them five stars. They try real hard. Welcome back to the Five Day Rentals podcast. Um, God with the Pope, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you made it this far, you made it through. So, <laughs> congrats. Hey, uh, in li- unlike any movie you've ever seen before. <laughs> well, that's w- true. Yeah, that is true. I, uh, there's some good stuff there. I, but anyway. I would really like to get Steven Soderbergh to do an eight-part <laughs> miniseries of it. I think it'd be fucking awesome. It'd be good. But that was uh, our wrap-up for My Face on the $1 Bill. We did Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. We did Old Henry and Gone with the Pope. So uh, check out that category. And now it is time to ring in a new category here. Oh, my gosh. Dan, I'm sorry. We forgot. We forgot a major thing. Yes. (laughs) Yes, we did. Do we want to do that now? Let's do that now. Okay. <clears throat> all right. At the end of all categories, we do like to play a little game called Mary Fuck Kill. Pretty easy. I'm sure everybody's played it before. Um, gentlemen, I'm going to go first. I think I'm going to marry Thunder Bolton Lightfoot. I'm going to fuck old Henry, and I'm going to kill Gone with the Pope. Uh. <clears throat> I think like Dan, I would marry Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Classic, beautiful movie. Uh, But I disagree with Dan here. I'd fuck Gone with the Pope because it's begging for it. And I'd throw in 7 to 12 slurs while I was doing it. (laughs) Uh, And I would uh, kill old Henry most likely by shooting it through a window. I'm going to echo Dan. I think you, you you marry the Clint. You fuck old Henry. Because, yeah, you got old Henry, but you get that sexy Stephen Dorff. 
Um, yeah. Trace Atkins. Yeah, and you got shut your ass. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to get rid of Gone with the Pope. I mean, it's fun, <laughs> but it's got Gone in its title. Yeah. All right. Sorry. We would have hey, we wait. would have kicked ourselves. Wait, real quick. Uh, did you guys not think that Gone with the Pope met the criteria of this category? <laughs> oh, it yes, did. it did. It did. He was fucking with you. Just fucking right. with you. I just want to make sure. Just want to make sure. Still I don't want to be accused of I, not I'm more meeting concerned. the category. Does, do you guys not get the reference? Nobody's brought up where the line comes from. It probably has something to do with Batman. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, mean, I guess fair. not then. <laughs> Yeah, it's from Batman. That's what I said. It sounds familiar. Yeah, Basinger asked him, what is it you want? My, My face, face on the $1 bill. Steve-O, you going you gonna to throw some knowledge over here? Mary fuck kill? Well, I, I've only watched one of the three movies. So. <laughs> oh, so you got to do all three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just to gone with the Pope. <laughs> yep. Uh, why didn't you call it a hubba 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 money money money? Who do you trust? Uh, that's what I started to kind of go towards, but then I thought of the other one. I thought that might actually be easier to say than hubba hubba money, and we would forget this category is blah blah blah. But I actually came up with the category during that scene of him throwing out the cash. Also thought about calling it Gotham's Greed. Why didn't you call it a me? I'm giving away free money. <laughs> I feel like I know every other reference to money from that film yep. except Besides for the one you one. picked. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> well, all right, folks. That was a fuck Mary kill for our latest category, my face on the one dollar bill. Now it is time to bring in, ring in, uh, slam in here a new category and i'm up uh, my numbers are 21 through 30 cron i believe 22 25 27 28 and 29 are all out of uh, play here so well, give it to me get. baby give it to me 24 24 gentlemen um Speaking of gentleman, um, this is a little category that I like to call Macho Mania. So this category has everything to do with just macho ass men. Just the fucking manliest fucking movie that you can think of. So, uh, testosterone-fueled, action-packed muscles. So, Macho Mania, number 24. And uh, I watched this uh, movie here a few weeks back to to certify this this little category here. It's, uh, we're going to 1991. And this film, oh shit, I guess I need to pull up the fucking director. I forgot who it was. But this film is available on uh, 
YouTube only. It is all there, trust me. I did a double check on that. Normally I don't do that, but, you know, where it's available, it's available. And it's all there. Make sure you sign in so you can get the unedited version. But it is from 1991, directed by Craig R. Bexley. Uh, It is starring none other than Mr. Brian Bosworth. Ladies and gentlemen, from 1991, Stone Cold. And this film checks off every single element of the Five Day Reynolds podcast. I'll just put that out right now. Only like five minutes longer than Gone with the Pope. (laughs) I think it's like barely 90 minutes. So there you go. Our new category is called Macho Mania. And our first pick in it is Stone Cold from 1991, directed by Craig R. Bexley. Damn. Anybody uh, seen this? Bones? Uh, I have not. I am, wow. a, I am aware of it. It has been on my list. I was waiting for it to pop up on places other than YouTube, but I will. It's all there. I Trust will watch me. it. Um, Look at that dude's hair, man. Oh, it's... <laughs> That's not the only thing in this. Yeah. <laughs> it's got uh, <laughs> I think a few episodes ago, I got fucked up between Lance Hendrickson and somebody else. But this will be Lance Hendrickson's debut on the show, too. Mm-hmm. And William Forsythe. So. Yep. His big ass head. Well, I've not seen this either, Dan. So... Have you ever heard of this, Karan? I have heard of this, um, but I've never watched it, so. (laughs) Well, gentlemen, you are in for a macho treat there. Um, What do you think of this category? I think it's good. I kind of, I feel like I had kind of an overlapping category so i'll probably watch the movie i had selected for that to see if it'll work for this uh i too also have a very similar category so me being the action guy of the show you knew there would be something similar to that but we'll make it work this is this is a very deep pond you've pushed Mm -hmm. us in buddy yeah, wide open there. I figured you guys would uh, would like that. Um, so yeah, Macho Mania, Stone Cold, nineteen ninety one. Next week. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There are some movies starring him, the Macho Man Randy Savage. I think my heart's feeling funny. I better speed up. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, cool. <laughs> no, that's my macho, man. Oh. This same voice. <laughs> uh, so bloated. <clears throat> my favorite, oh, my favorite movie's Gone with the Pope. <clears throat> but just that one part. Oh, brother. <laughs> Badass. All right. Next week. 
Yeah, dudes. Uh, YouTube, like I said, sign in so you get the full on uh, nudity and everything involved in that. Uh, Stephen Offit, thank you for joining us here on the Five Day Vernals podcast for Gone with the Pope. Uh, we hope you had a wonderful time. It was really fun. Oh. Yeah, a lot of fun. And I hope you got that crud out of your teeth, man. Yeah, <laughs> it could be a real pain. I'm a pain. No, it can be a real pain to have crud in your teeth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just sitting back there, hitting your tongue. Trying to, this is a Trying long meditative podcast. We want people to be able to do other things, including hygiene. Take care of your teeth. Floss your goddamn teeth. Or night. Don't have such uh, big spaces in your teeth. It's true. Yeah. My, Floss my, your teeth and uh, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Check out our new art from uh, apb-art.com. I think it's pretty badass. Good stuff. Give That's us a review. Rad. And we'll see you next week, folks. As always... Go fucking iceberg. Uh, it's totally cool if you feed popcorn to koi fish. <laughs> <laughs>